I haven't met the guest other than our fun rambling conversation warming up to soundcheck. Um, so for me, it's it's a little bit like I'm talking to a complete stranger. I don't know what you look like, but I'm getting to know your brain and your soul and your heart without ever seeing a face. And that's kind of fun for me a little bit. It might also be disappointing in the way that like you listen to a podcast for months and years and you hear this person's voice and then you finally see their picture on the internet two right. years later and you're like, no, that's not what they look like. <laughs> that's what I'm worried about. So. Imagine tall, uh huh, tall man. Handsome, cut, chiseled. Yeah, really... Like really monstrous biceps. Yeah. Um, chest that just like like demands attention. Yeah. Um, abs of steel, kind of like Superman, but like a little better. Yeah. And hair that's just like glows and blows in the wind, like oh gosh, like a herbal herbal essence commercial kind of. Thing. We should like, we should have used FaceTime water. video, man. Oh yeah, and then you know a lot of ADD. You uh, I start to lose control. While my fears fly out the door Cause I was made for you And you were made for me The trick to Los Angeles is just being in Los Angeles. It seems to be if you go anywhere in town at any time, you are eventually going to run into someone important or someone doing something like you. About three years ago, I was in Los Angeles staying with some friends. We were just sitting around eating watermelon, talking about songwriting, and we happened to go into what's called a power hour. It's kind of a songwriting exercise where for an hour you just throw some ideas on the table and try in that hour to get a song off the ground. And in walks this tall, beautiful man, this guy that I don't know, this guy with a big smile and a lot of personality. His name was Cameron. I had never met him before, and he was in town for an ASCAP convention. And as he sat down and we, we, we continued into power hour, I was really just floored at how quickly a complete stranger walked into a room and just dominated the songwriting process. He rewrote our poor ideas, and he really just framed in uh, something that looked like a, a well-written song within a, a matter of 10, 15 minutes. We wanted to do this podcast to highlight what it's like to be a full-time songwriter, somebody who every single day gets up and writes a song, maybe two, maybe three, who has the insane pressure of being able to sit with a big artist with their ideas and say, I understand you, I'm going to be your voice, and I'm going to write you a hit. I think this is going to be an exciting podcast uh, just to get inside of the brain a full-time songwriter and really learn what it's all about. What follows is a series of conversations that Corey and I had with Cameron, trying to jump inside his mind and his world. These conversations are an attempt to educate and celebrate the vast, colorful, and often unseen roles in the creative ecosystem we call the music industry. This is an exploration of the DNA that makes up that world. I'm Sean Lee. I'm Corey Martin. This is the Shadowscape Podcast. Well, this beautiful man who's talking to you right now about how wonderful and just gorgeous he is, his name is Cameron. Cameron Stymus. <laughs> Hi, guys. All the way from Los Angeles. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm so good. And it's so good to be here with you guys. 
Well, for all the people in the world besides me, because I feel like I obviously know you, but for everyone listening to this, can you tell us a little bit about you and what you do now, what you've done in the past, and a little bit of your story? Yeah, okay. If you've ever heard of Placerville, um, do you guys know where Plas- Placerville is? I've driven you've been, through You've it. been to my house. so I have. Up in Northern California, born and raised until about two years ago. And then I've been in LA, but my dad sold his Corvette so I can, he can pay for me. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I was just in a very like simple, simple way of growing up, I guess, you know, not a city life. Um, like, I don't know why I'm kind of stumping right now on myself, but I, I, so let me let me ask you this. Did the move to LA was that because of music? Yeah, 100%. Okay. That's that's and the only reason. Was so your dad sold his Corvette to fund your move to LA to get well, you started no, he, in music? He, he sold you his Corvette to fund me being alive, I guess. Or oh, bo- you know, at the, the, the beginning of, of your life. It was okay. a Corvette. <laughs> I'm glad we clarified because if I was a listener, I would would have been guessing there. You're so gonna that's be my cool. interpreter. It'd be perfect. No, it's, I'll be your wife in this scenario, and I'll interpret for you. Um, okay, so you moved to LA to do music. Now, were you doing music pretty heavily before the LA move? Yeah, in high school, I started playing guitar. Actually, in eighth uh-huh. grade, I started playing guitar a little bit, and then secretly wrote a song in high school. Didn't want to tell anybody because you didn't want to tell anybody. Of it. My wife, yeah. well, my wife at the time was my girlfriend then, mm-hmm. Kaylee, mm-hmm. and she came downstairs at my house and I I hid the paper. And I was like, I still hide I paper. Like, I get that. She's like, What are you doing? I'm like, Uh, nothing. But then I, then I was like, Okay, I'm writing a song. Um, and it was for like, I was just thinking that maybe I could share it with the school because there was like this talent thing for the farewell rally, you know. And so, but I, which I finally did, and we sang it in front of the school, and that that was the beginning of all the music for me. In eighth grade, you said? No, this is so. This was the end of high school. Now. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, but that was that was kind of like, I think that was the bug. You know what I mean? Like where I was like, hey, this I can actually make music that I like, and that can make people feel something. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's entirely the only <laughs> one of the only reasons I was like, oh, OK, yeah, maybe I'll do this is when I wrote something and other people were affected by it. And I was like, oh, my gosh, right. like this this is this matters so much more to me than right. just talking to them or like knowing that there's something that you can do that can like actually affect someone's life. It's yes. really it's kind of like a drug a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it already means something to you. And when it can affect other people, it just makes the meaning of it like ten times. You oh, know? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I guess I'm not sharing that much about <laughs> me. I don't know. Like, uh, so man. whenever I met you, you were actually um, playing in a band. Yeah, like, I had uh, a band. So I was also a worship director at a church. I started out like just volunteering at a church in high school at the, at the end of high school, and um, then that led to me being a band director there. Then the worship director. And I had a band in the process, and we would just go and and play, you know, different places and and do our thing. Was did you ever think like the band life is that like 
that's going to be what's going to like take me through this and, and make me a star or whatever it I is. I thought, yeah, I thought the band thing was it. Like, I thought our the band The Real was like, we were just a few songs away. You know what I mean? Yeah. I lived in that world for a long time. Too. It's a crazy world to live in. I mean, you have yeah. to last for years as a band and develop and keep writing better songs and make better records. And But people don't usually last long enough. Yeah, you know, or or not, or are not like commercial enough in a sense yeah. where people can like grab onto their music and be like, "I can take this with me," you know. There's something that's so drastically harder in a band with four or five people trying to make it happen than it ever is it seem, seemingly as a solo artist or maybe a duo where you can just kind of ebb and flow out of all these problems and struggles and right. and the industry changing, but. I know from at least my experience, like having to try to figure out how to make four or five people function <laughs> in oh a music gosh. world and, and pay their bills and not go crazy and, and tour around. Like there's never been anything in my life that's been harder to manage than, than yeah. that thing. And heap all of that on top. Like usually the one who's the primary songwriter, not always, but usually the one who's the primary songwriter is the one trying to keep the band together and paying everyone else and getting paid last or not getting paid at all, which is the most null intuitive way to operate. Right. That's that how was, it was. I think that was too, what you know, spent like, me out so much. Yeah, it's usually it's usually there's a there's a singer that's that's writing and then there's another guy that's really, really passionate about the stuff. The other guys are just like awesome and good to hang with, you know, and and they might add to like a lot of different musical dynamics of the the band, you know. Yeah. But there's but there's like, all right, yeah, this is cool. I like this. This is fun. Yeah. Like, yeah, let's do another. Let's do another one. You know. <laughs> and then the guys and like is like, all right, let's change the world with this with our music. You know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Did you? I I feel like I never knew when that band kind of dissolved. S- yeah, like it was just like all of a sudden you weren't doing it anymore. Is yeah, that kind of how weird. it happened? This was it, it's it's almost. We still haven't said any like anything like that. Those guys are still like waiting for you done. at band practice. <laughs> you know, but it was part of the, the process was having kids, and like everyone had kids, but my my youngest son Hudson was born and he wasn't he wasn't alive when he was born, and so that was the beginning of everything. Um, but he's he's a you know he was born dead. It took him like. 10 minutes to get oh his goodness. heart rate up to 60 beats per minute. Wow. And then um, we waited like a month knowing if he was going to live or not. He had like a 5% chance. So that whole process was, I, what I didn't realize was it was traumatic. And my voice was gone after that. So I couldn't sing at all for like three years after that. Yeah, that's a story that I, if anyone asked me about, you and your your kind of who you are and where you've been like that whole section of you losing your voice is is always a a huge kind of arc <laughs> because I, that I know for me like that's that's all I have without like lyrics and getting to sing none of this really matters as much to me and so right. knowing you knowing you as a songwriter also knowing you as a really great like singer and someone who articulates one of the things that I'm just to compliment you for a second. One of the things that I've always liked about you 
is the pair of you your songwriting with your voice because even on the songs that you don't go oh well I'm I'm doing this for myself your your voice has enough personality that I really actually can feel the depth of the words that you sing. And so, and I think that's extremely valuable when you're pitching something or when you're trying to write for other people to be able to be so expressive with your voice to go, hey, I'm writing you this. Now let me convince you that to, to hear what I'm actually saying with these words. And so to think of you, knowing that you went to, to L.A., I think in the middle of this section where you said, I don't have a voice and I'm thinking how, what a, what a thing to be stripped from you. That's such a, a good, um, positive motivator for your songs. And, and that's gone. And all you have is your lyrics. Yeah. Dude. Uh, well, first, what was that so like? Um, but like, that was the biggest part of me like I, that I could express. Honestly, it was like my, it was like my pure release. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. And so when that was gone, I like I literally had to mourn its loss because I thought it was gone forever. It was like I literally could I could barely speak it to my my twins. I was like, "Guys, come inside," you know. Yeah, um, that's heavy. Like it was physical. Um so to have that gone and then be like, "Yeah, I'm going to move to LA and and try th- and try this music thing out for real," you know. It was it was so scary. Yeah, that's like, I'm going to try to be a swimmer now. I just lost my arms, but I, I think this is going to work. You took a chance in a time that almost seems insane. Yes, it, it felt insane. So can I, can I ask you this? Um, there, was a, there was a point in time where I lost my voice for about three months. Um, and and I, didn't, I didn't know why, but like I couldn't talk. Um, and I, like you, I was, I was really concerned. And at that point in my life... Um, my my income was 100% predicated on music and being able to have a voice, and I hadn't had health insurance for a couple of years, and you know, and I was like, this is either you know vocal nodules or polyps or this is esophageal cancer, and I was like, I I don't know, and um, you know, I had talked to a few doctors and they weren't real sure unless they could do some procedures and scope it and stuff. Um, and eventually I had a very intuitive doctor start asking me about my sleeping and my anxiety and what I was eating. And, and we started to realize that because of, um, because of anxiety and because of bad food habits and because of not sleeping, um, I, I actually had GERD, um, and my stomach acid was eroding my vocal cords, but I never felt acid reflux once. Um, what was that? Was that the cause of yours because of so much stress going on with the the kids, or did you ever find out what that might, that caused might be it? the cause of of having it be harder to sing now? But yeah. the cause of losing my voice then had to be trauma. Okay. Like like blunt force, Straight like somebody punched you in the trauma. neck. From not knowing if my son was gonna live for like oh the, okay, the month of just fighting for him, yeah, and being, and being like, I'm not sure if he's gonna make it. Like they're mm-hmm. saying he's not gonna make it, but I, I believe he can. I believe he's, yeah. Um, I didn't know the impact that had until afterwards, and I I, I was notes weren't coming out, and I wasn't thinking about it. I was just like, thank God my son's alive, but it was. Like it was, it was, it became, it was very physical and it lasted for a long time, even to the point where I couldn't write songs because like, I couldn't get the note out at all. I would have to play, I would have to say a word and play a note on the piano 
Yeah, to That's actually it. get it, get it like, and it was it was it was like the hardest work ever to even wow. uh, express something. You know what I mean? I guess actually it was there was no expression at all. My goodness. So like it was the weirdest thing I've ever experienced because, um, I I would have been like if I was on the outside of me, I would have been like, okay, Cam, just like just sing, dude. You're fine. Your son's a miracle. Everything's great. Like, um, just do it. But it just didn't work at all. Do you- do you think that having a P- to a PTSD is what I think what happened, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, one thing that I wonder, though, is do you think that having to write songs and and build melodies without being able to use your voice, but to have to use your hands to build melodies for the voice, do you think that that in some way impacted, hopefully positively, your songwriting in it in was, any way, I I, th- I guess in any way added more value to when I when I could, you know, because right. there's such a connection that from your you know your head to your heart when you're singing, you yeah. know, or actually straight from your heart, yeah, or like naturally you might be saying things that are just like that come out like in your subconscious, and when you can't when you can't use that, yeah, like. You have to translate it a few different times yeah, to get to yeah, the harder skills and for of me, coming that's, out on that's, a guitar. It was, it was was always such a big part of it, you know. So like it was almost like it was it was pure work to even try, and so I almost had to wait a little bit longer until my voice would work, you know. Yeah. Enough to be able to try and write a song. What kept you wanting to write songs? Like, wh- was there any moment where you're like, you know what, screw it, like this is this is just not working? I think I, I just, I still had a, like, I feel like I was born for it. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I was born to make music. And I was like, I have to do this. Like, this is in my blood. If I don't do it, I don't, f- like, I don't feel like I'm being useful to the world in a way. I'm that, I know that's not true, like, because we can be useful in so many different ways. But I was just like, I just felt like it was what I was made for. You know what I mean? And, yeah. And not that no, I'm, yeah. like, the best at it or anything, but it was just, like, I felt purpose in it. And, I've, and, I've, and I saw change when I would when I would make music and when it was used for certain organizations or whatever you know and I was just like okay like this is a special thing I, I got it I can't stop this you know yeah absolutely no and I, I love that too I loved it it far too often there's not people doing things for the sole reason of I have to like I, I, I can do nothing else like my brain wants to do this my soul wants to do this I feel like there's too many times that we see songwriters and artists in, you know, in the same circles as we are. And and it's not, I have to do this because it's my purpose. It's like, I'm trying this out because uh, it seems kind of cool. And I think maybe, maybe that's okay. Uh, it's just, it's just, um, to me, I love the purity of like, this is, this is who I am. And this is what I, I I'm going to lay on the table. And this is what the world's going to get of me because this is, I have to do this. I have to put this out there. Um, so you moved to LA uh, about two two and a half years ago, right? Used, yeah, about about almost two years ago, uh, without a voice, and, <laughs> and I was like, "Here, I go. oh, here." So before that, I I sold my house myself, which I'm really proud of, because I was like, because I had a bunch of people saying, "No, don't do this," but I was like, "Okay, I need that extra six percent or whatever it is, five six percent, right, right. you know." <laughs> Add a boy, my kind of guy, DIYer. What was that? I said, you're my kind of guy, a uh, DIYer. Yeah, man. Well, yeah, you probably would have done it better. But I, I was, yeah. um, 
I was determined, you know, I was like, I got to do this. And uh, so I got my house up for sale, you know, did all the all the, the stuff, did the the whatever you call it when people come over to your house and appraisal. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I praised it myself. I just, you know, was searching other homes in the area, found like a price that made sense, um, sold it and then moved to L.A. with just a little bit of extra cash in the pocket, you know, to last long enough. And you show up to L.A. going, I'm going to completely make my living being a songwriter done, right? That's that's how, that's the chance I was taking, yeah. And without without <laughs> really knowing, I mean, other than coming to L.A. for different events and knowing a few people, like, that was that was all I had. So really. how did your wife Okay, so take let this? me say one thing. <laughs> like your by Corey, by meeting you is is the reason why Jess and I are friends too. And I think that was a good thing, right? <laughs> I'm hoping. That was great. That was a great thing. Cause I mean, she was one of the connections I had and friendships I had. Um, where she's like, Come to LA, come to LA, like we'll you know. And we'll do like we'll make a lot of music kind of thing. So, and that that led to a lot of different you know just songwriting sessions and stuff too. I, like most of it, I had to do on my own to kind of find like find a crew of people that I would gel with in a way, you know. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but um, so sorry, what were you saying though? Um, that's a good question. Sorry. Oh, well, there's a few things. Um, I should mention. Um, Jess, if you're not sure who we are talking about. If you go back to episode two of our podcast, Jess is the owner and the CEO of Lyric House Publishing, who is the publisher for myself and John and Cameron. So we're all kind of under the same house, um, but Cameron's killing it. And um, Well, I don't know. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I feel like I'm on my way. Yeah, I, what I really, I remember um, talking to Jess about you and, you know, we've all, most people with under Lyric House kind of have that same relationship with her. She's constantly looking for great artists and um i just thought it was a shame that that you weren't a part of what they were doing because just being the eternal optimist and you basically willing yourself and going i'm going to take on los angeles in the songwriting world and i'm gonna do it just maybe without a whole lot of uh you didn't go there with like a golden road paved for you. You know, you went there with a stick of dynamite and a cliff and you that said is like, hilarious. that's so true. I think I'm going to blow some of this up yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> uh, and dig away and see if I can make a tunnel. Um, totally. and, but I, but I'm super glad that, that it worked out with Jess and, and, um, that that whole thing happened. But what I'm curious, uh, you know, I've obviously, you know, met your wife and your family. And, um, how did, how did, how does that, work in like oh, not having to, a family to, and jumping yeah. in like that yeah what was that like that conversation with your wife going i think we should do this oh my gosh i think my wife knew me well enough maybe just growing up together that that i had to you know like it was a like it was a soul thing a part of like you know what i mean so having her be like a hundred percent behind me was so like if she was if she wasn't for it we we wouldn't we wouldn't be here you know 
Yeah, absolutely. I and mean, she's a huge fan of yours. Like, <laughs> she might not say it. I don't know if she does, but like, just being around you guys. Um, I know the last time we saw each other, we went to Jess's wedding, and uh, just getting to ride in the car and hear her talk about the life that you guys have in in LA and the change and the hardships and the successes. Uh, she's it's it it's so obvious to go why Cameron can do this is because one. Yeah, well, yeah, it's it's her. Like, she keeps your heart fresh and believing. And even, and I know you, like, yeah, you're gonna, there's times when you need you need that reassurance. You're just like, is this like, am I actually gonna make this happen? Is it gonna work? You know. So having that that voice of reassurance at times is really helpful. You know. Yeah, like, absolutely. You're killing it. You're doing great. This, you know. So you, I think, I think you always feel like. You're so far away, you know, even if on the, like the outside, it always looks better, you know, but when you're in it, you're like, I am not, I'm nowhere near where I want to be. You know what I mean? Right. So having that, having that outside perspective change helps so much. It's like, oh, what about this? What about this? That's so cool. That really, that, you know, and then, then when she, again, when Kaylee talks about me to other people, you're like, oh, that, that did happen. That was, that was, yeah, that was a good thing. Like, oh yeah, yeah I should <laughs> celebrate that more. Oh yeah. That's, you know. <laughs> That was a positive thing in my life, you know? Well, I think most songwriters, if if you're anything like Sean and I, we're so self-deprecating yeah. for no reason most of the time, but we want to push ourselves so we think, oh, if I keep myself humble or more or less beaten down... Or more hungry. Uh, then then maybe, I'll, maybe I'll keep searching and, and find a better song because I'm right. just devastated. And I think <laughs> the, the weirdest thing is I think some of that's necessary. I don't think the self-deprecating thing is always necessary, but like... The humility of like, you know, hey, maybe that wasn't the best thing in the world. Right. Right. It's so important because I think yeah. you find that with most people that are doing well, they're like, that was good, but I think it could there's be There's more. Yeah, there's more and I need to find it and I'm not going to be satisfied till I do. And I, I think it's that, that, yeah, that uh, hunger you know, to always yeah. try to outdo yourself in, in a way. It's so all these, it's, yeah, the humility, humility aspect of it is a is a, a deal maker so since you've been in los angeles um what's life like Dude, obviously oh my gosh it's probably ever-changing but give us a, a breath into that okay moving here like i was like okay six months here we go let's do this you like know? that's that's what you had that was your test period like saved up i've got six months i was like six or months to go we'll see what we can do you know okay and eat I think when you yeah when you jump in you're really ambitious, <clears throat> and then you realize that six months months go by really quick. Yeah. <laughs> and you're and this at this point I didn't really know how to um, produce or anything like I mean I I, I was a producer, but I I had never uh, like recorded bands myself like I was just learning Logic a little bit more you know, <laughs> and I was like I'm gonna produce my own stuff. Um, I'm gonna write my own stuff and we get it out there kind of thing. But like I, that time went by pretty quickly of just like trying to learn how to do this stuff and do it at a high level. You realize how far away you are, you know, I'm like, wow, to make something sound great takes a lot, you know? And so I would just, I would jump into like songwriting communities. There's a, there's a uh, community called LASC, Los Angeles Songwriting Collective. So I would just show up at these events, um, and uh, gosh, and just any any songwriting thing, I could just come and, and check out. 
as like this new guy in the scene. It's really weird. It's really weird when you leave a community. Like I, I back in Placerville, the, the, we had the best community you could ever ask for. Like people that had your back no matter what. You know, who would who would step up and take their time to like just hang out with your kids, you know, while while you're doing something or going on a date. So all of that goes away because we have no family here. So we're right. just hanging out, going like, okay, like let's figure out how to do this thing. And you have to learn, like, grow trust with the new community. We went to a new church called Reality LA, which is they're they're awesome. But still, like within you know you, it takes a minute to get to know people, and uh, just you know it's it's weird. It's the weirdest feeling ever. You know, you feel like you, you get isolated pretty quickly. Um, did you process. feel? Did you feel like when you showed up to LA um, and said, "Okay, I'm a songwriter, let's do this"? Did anyone welcome you in at all, or were they so, like, or was it more all, like you need to all, prove no yourself? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you gotta earn your. That's keep. The, like the truth. Yeah, no one cares at all. They don't care unless like you have some kind of status or some kind of thing that like you could show for. Um, they don't. They don't. They're not gonna go out of their way. No one's gonna go out of their way to help you. You know, and so the, comforting. Here, I, mean, here, I mean, that's not always true, but usually have to, they have to see some kind of something in you. You know that they're like, oh wow, this like, or hear hear one of your songs. That's how everyone was. They're like. Hey, uh, do you have a song, or like, do, can you share some music with me? And that's like always the test period. Like, okay, yeah. here's a song. Do you do you like do they like it? And do they like you? <laughs> you know, right? Yeah. Do you like do you like the music? And do you like the person? And then it's like, yeah, let's write a song together. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Did that go well for you? Showing up with no voice, dude. So yeah. So they had to. They had people that I hung out with had to realize that like they liked my songwriting ability more than my voice. You know. Right. Which is so messed up because you have a great voice. It, it sucks so bad. I hate that. I hate that part of your story that it, it they had to learn. Heart. It still it still hurts a little bit because like I literally was mourning the loss of my voice. I was mourning the loss. Like I thought I was gone forever and ever and ever. Amen, kind of thing. <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah, that's such a strange thing to to know that you. So somebody obviously sing is just like, yep, sorry, I can. Do you like the song? Because I can't sing it for you. Like that's right, crazy right. to me. And it's a whole different dynamic that I wasn't. I didn't. I don't know how to navigate through. Really, you know. Did it so, seem to slow you down? Uh yes, yeah, it totally did. Like because, like first of all, like I had to get over myself and and any part of identity that I was associating to having a voice. Like, and then that, I, I realized how much of my identity was involved in that. And that's not, that's like a good thing and not necessarily a good thing, you know? Right. Yeah. Like for me to find identity in God first and then like realize that like my voice is, is an extension of me and a pure expression of who I am, but it doesn't completely say Define who I am. You. you know what yeah. I mean? I so think like, comfort, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Just getting, just learning how to get over that a little bit was like, was, was tough. I feel like confidence, all confidence does for your voice ever is give you vibrato. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it, it allows you to go, I can wiggle around a little bit. I'm great. Okay. That's literally other than I rotten. can wiggle around a little bit. <laughs> That's the vibrato. I, yeah. Like, I love it. I think I feel like confidence gives you vibrato and allows you to go, mm, okay, I can do a run. But other than that, like, it, like what good is it? Like, that I, is I don't hilarious. know. Hilarious. That's just my two cents. I, that is the funniest thing I've heard all day. I love it. <laughs> I love it. The wiggle. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
dude, but I mean, I couldn't even get the notes out. So when I was in a, a session, uh, I'm like, I had to realize that my voice, like, it didn't matter how I sounded, you know? Like, I had to, yeah. like, disassociate myself completely. I was like, yeah, you know, like, making noises and stuff, trying to, like, be like, here's the melody. Like, here, try this, try this. What if we do this? What if we do this? Yeah. Um, and, you know, like, just hope the songwriting's good enough to carry it. Like that's that's a that's a, a true test of is you, if your song's good. Like if you have a bad singer, you know, <laughs> yeah, singing a melody and you're like, wow, that's that's awesome. Like it's rare that people can hear that. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like most people, most people in the industry too. If you have the best song in the world but you have a bad singer, like they're not gonna hear the song. Yeah. yeah, and and it's unfortunate. You would hope that people would not play head games as much as that, but. That's just the truth. That's the you truth. Know? They won't hear it. They don't hear the, you know, and like you could have a, a great singer on a bad song and they're going to be like, oh, I love this, yeah. you know, or like, or a better, you know, it can't be bad, but it has to be like, you know, decent, decent song. Like there's songs out there now that there's a great singer on. And you're like, okay, like that person sold it. You know, that voice sold that song. Yeah. So for people to hear an idea, like. Yeah, it's just it's a you know at first it was just it was kind of it was a little bit rough because I'm like I'm here I had to feel like I was in a, in a complete safe space with a few friends to like just be like here like here's here's a thought you know um, to be able to express that but I think I got over it pretty quickly it was just like a because I realized that I wasn't the artist and they and no one here knows me as an artist they didn't you know right they just knew me as a songwriter was so, there any certain people or certain group of people that um, gave you a chance in this moment? And okay, said, so like, first of all, like, yeah, you know, Jess was, you know, like, always a huge supporter. We would work together. We wrote a few songs together, um, you know, and she was, she just had this ex insane belief in me, and I was just like, like, that was, like, that helped a lot with the confidence, too, you know, because she was like, man, like, you're great kind of thing. And I was, you know, that helped. And so every once in a while we'd set up a session for Lyric House. Um, and so that was, that was a big deal because one thing leads to another, you know what I mean? One songwriting session leads to another. But, uh, but other than that, like, you know, I would go to these conventions, I go to taxi, I go to ASCAP and then, uh, randomly, um, I would meet people and they're like, yeah, that's right. You know, some people are just really open to writing. You know, yeah, like, let's yeah. do it. Let's do it. They don't care, you know. And then you get in a room with somebody, and then, and then they like what you do, you know. I like, you know, it's one of my buddies named Adam. Like we we met in a hotel room, but we just we'd never met before. And another friend named Josh brought brought us together. Um, but like we just started writing, uh, like you know, without for, for the first time. But we just kind of we we lived close to each other, so I was like, yeah, let's do another one, you know, kind of thing, you know. So and then we end up writing like what, probably fifty songs by this point. Are you talking about not Max Martin? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> not Max Martin. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Insta my buddy, it's funny my buddy how Adam, I... you can. He is the, he's the funniest Instagram name ever. <laughs> and his his sister got him a shirt that says not Max Martin on it. <laughs> That's it's awesome. It, it, you know, it's actually funny when you first see it because you're like. You're like Max Martin. Oh, you see, the, you see the name Max Martin. You think, oh, not Max Martin. I I, remember, I posted a picture of him the last time that I was at your house, and 
I had multiple, like dozens of people being, oh my God, you met Max Martin. Oh, And I'm right. like, it literally says not Max Martin, but yeah. But I didn't tell him that I didn't, so. That's awesome. <laughs> no, I remember that. That was so funny. And people were like, yeah. And I, I actually met Mar- Max Martin. I'm not sure if I, did I tell you that? Uh, you didn't tell me. I, I saw you post it uh, on your Instagram. Um, did you? Did he kind of glow a little bit? This or is, like this, sometimes I'm I'm in rare form. You know, like we're at the ASCAP thing, and he was coming out of the Pop Awards. And I'm talking to a friend, Grant, and he's like, "I'm all, dude." So Max Martin walks right behind him, right behind us. I'm like, "Hey, guess what? Max Martin just walked by you." You know, <laughs> like I'm and I'm I'm kind of in a really casual state. You know what I mean? Like right. Like sometimes I'm weird and I don't get phased by anything, and like. I'm like, but I'm like, I love this guy. I love, you know, I love what he's done. And, right. And so he's like flipping out. He's like, we, let's go say hi, kind of thing. I'm like, <laughs> and I'm and I'm not I'm not the guy to go and approach anybody usually. I like, right. I, I feel like I really try to respect space. You know. Yeah. And even though some people might want you to come say like, good job, or you know. Right. Right. They might they might appreciate it done in a way, but most of the time I'm like, I'll let them be. Yeah, yeah, they might be one of my favorites, but I'm gonna let them be. So, but you this, might be a legend, case, but whatever. Like, yeah, let's go say hi. I was just in a mood, you know. And so we walked up to him, and I was like, "Dude, what's up?" Like, you know, it's just like <laughs> no so introduction, good. just dude. What's I'm like, up? dude, what's up? So you know, like, so good to meet you, and talk about humility. The the dude is cool. Like, he's so chill and like open you know and just like hey man yeah that's so so good to meet you and and he was just kind and and you never felt like you were wasting his time i love that so much because if there's like one person on the planet that wouldn't have to be that way yeah but (laughs) he chooses to be that's what i'm finding about some of the best yeah some of the best have they're the most have the most like amount i guess amount of humility in them you know like I'm like, wow. When it's paired with greatness or like, you know, talent and then humility, I'm like, yeah. You know, but what what better would amplify an achievement than humility? Because it's it's such a dichotomy, it's such an opposite, it's such a contrast. So, uh, good for them. I've I've heard stories about uh Max Martin that anymore people like these big these big uh, songwriters will be at his house and be writing a song and he'll just walk through with a coffee and be like, maybe you should try this melody or this word or, hey, throw this in. And he'll like basically give them the hook of the song and then just walk and go, you know, to his backyard. And, they're and like, not take oh. credit. And not he yeah. won't take credit for it. Yeah, I don't need royalties for <laughs> that. Isn't that. Isn't that one of the best ways to hear something too? Like when you just walk in. Yeah, oh yeah, that's true. I wish There's I could walk in on my own songs all day long. I know. There's real you're like, perspective. You know all the problems right away. Yeah. yeah you know, you know if it's too wordy, you know if the phrasing is messed up, you know if the melody's not that good, you know? Because you're not close to like, it at all. I wish I could always walk in on myself. I guess that's the weirdest that sounds so weird. <laughs> well, I mean, I think in some ways you you could. I mean, if you you could just write stream of consciousness for like an hour. And, and be like, put it in a vault and say, I'm not open this for two months. And then get out a, p- a notebook and press record on Logic and then listen to your, your session that you did with yourself a month or, you know, a month later. Make and then commentary just go, live oh, as you're listening. Oh, 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 here it is, here it is, here it is. And I think you, maybe you could self-edit and like be the outsider on yourself. Uh-huh. 
Uh, yeah, it depends on yeah, yeah. that's that's how, that's I, I do try to do that sometimes too. I'll, I'll think of it that way. It's like that's that's co-writing with yourself, you know? Right. I mean that that's me and my my voice memos like 100%. I'll just throw something in a voice memo as I'm driving down the road and then like every at the end of every few months just come back to it and go, "Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, I can do this, this and this and this." And I don't know. I think I, mean, I don't I don't know how else to do co-writing with yourself at that point, but right, right, um, right, right. It gives you a fresh pr- perspective on the whole thing. You're like, because in the moment it just feels good, you know, right. <laughs> whatever it is. It's like, ah, oh, this feels this feels amazing. Like, yeah, and that- I love this. And you come back to it. You're either like, you know, that's mediocre, or like that's actually not very good at all. Right. Or if I do this differently, then that will, you know, that part of the, of the song will be better, or it will give it clarity or whatever it needs, you know. Yeah, or you're like, oh, oh crap! I was actually singing an Ed Sheeran song, and I had no oh, idea. Oh right, yeah. Some some weird different mel- different lyric. You're like, this is great, right? Like, yeah, yeah, because the world knows it already. So <laughs> it'll be wonderful. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna speak ignorantly here and potentially offend someone who has a mental disorder or um, knows someone with a mental disorder. But there's a there's a a state of mind it's called a dissociative disorder where basically like i can't explain it well because i'm not a psychologist but like the person inside themselves um feels disassociated from their own like existence and personality it's almost like they're watching themselves from a third party camera almost like on the sims going around or whatever i almost wonder if someone with a disassociative disorder who is also artistic and a songwriter would have some kind of advantage from that. Cause that's almost wow. what you guys are describing. Well, if you have that and you are a songwriter, and, maybe, and I could be Let's completely misunderstanding yeah. it. And maybe you do have that. And maybe it's not what I described at all. Yeah. And that could be the case. The closest thing I can think about is, is how, yeah, being objective to your mm-hmm. own art. Yeah. Like, I wonder if it's something that no, you could ahead, form. Ahead, maybe, maybe it's something that you could train yourself. You to could do. train your mind. Well, I know that, there's also no, like it's, it's drugs right, it's out there that it's induce a decision it. to go. Uh, I'm gonna separate myself. I'm listening to this song on the radio right now. I'm gonna, okay, right. I'm gonna hear it. Right. Like, was it good? You know, like to to like take yourself completely out of it. Take the emotions of your own, like your feelings going into the song out of it, and listen to it like just someone walking down the street or listening to the radio at 7 a.m., you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Is this worth my time? Is this going to stop me from what I'm doing to actually listen to it and engage in this this piece of music, you know? Right. Most of us would probably say no, no yeah. matter what. No, most of us <laughs> wouldn't. That, that's just being honest, you know? Yeah. Um, so we're talking about songwriting. Um, can you give us an idea of how you write songs? You know, I don't know if it changes but or if you have, like, a pattern, but I'd love to hear just about how you write well, I'm a lot like you as far as like stream of consciousness and just let something fall out, you know. Um, Your stream of consciousness is really good, though. Oh man, <laughs> so is yours. Come on, thank you so much, dude. It's 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 scary good. At least mel- melody wise, like y- you've got some gems hiding up in there. I like it. That's the that's the part. Sometimes I don't know if I can recognize them, you know. Yeah. Sometimes I can, and that's probably one of the most the greatest gifts of someone is being able to recognize when it's good. Right. Um, but. Yeah, sometimes I'll just sit down at the piano. Like yesterday I had three or four songs kind of like ideas just come out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and yeah, so like, but then I just like, I'm like, are they good enough? You know, kind of thing. <laughs> are they good enough to be finished? Uh, so I'll, I'll start like, I'll start like that a lot. Um, but then 
depends on if I'm by myself. That might be the way I, I do it. But if I'm with other people, I'll approach it different. You know, I'll come in. I might if I'm with working with a certain artist, I might have a concept, or um, like just a general melody or something. Try to bring something to the session. Yeah, you kind of have to show up with something. Otherwise, it's just terrible. <laughs> it just depends on yeah the people you're working with and like the relationships you built. You know, because sometimes. Yeah, it's just a starting point can change everything. Even if it's a bad starting point, start you know, you don't want to bring something bad to the session. But if something that people can go like, like listen to and be like, yeah, that's cool, or like, what if you know, it's it, I always found out it's not just the initial idea; it's that it's where the idea gets you. Yeah. So that's, I think that, the what I get if over is that. So I get over good. myself pretty quickly in that way. I'm like, okay, like this might be just okay, but okay can lead to great if people are open to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. The editing's gonna get get it there. Yeah. So I'll start with the con- sometimes in other sessions we'll. The, the stream of consciousness thing, thing might happen and then we might pick a title out of it or we might pick a title first or like talk about titles and be like, we'll be a cool way to end or like a cool hook to this song, you know, and then and then uh, usually right to the title, you know, so everything kind of anchors back into that, like the verses point point to that or the pre-chorus points to that, you know. Yeah. Um, that's really backwards from how I've I ever written. I was going to say the exact same thing. Yeah. I usually yeah, chase a lot of pop songwriting ends up being idea. that way. Huh, I'm going to have to try that. Yeah, like start, try it. Yeah, mess with it. I mean, it all depends on the person, right? Sometimes that, that pureness, whatever it is, can come out. And you're like, you say that one phrase that like makes all the sense in the world. And then, you know, writing to that that phrase is what I think a lot of people, I mean, you know, everyone does it differently and it works so different for a lot of people. But um, a lot of people miss it sometimes because they'll just, you know. It just doesn't anchor the song as well as it needs to. Like, where, what people, what are people gonna walk away with? You know what I mean? Yeah, I think I've written quite a bit like that when I'm writing for pitch, because there are so many um, pieces to like maybe this Subaru commercial. Oh and my everything. gosh, that's funny ha- to say Subaru because that's literally what we were talking about months ago. <laughs> like, yeah, okay, for the Subaru commercial, like, what's gonna sell the Subaru? It's so yeah, funny. well, I think we both got the same email from Leah yeah, Cox. <laughs> But uh, it was uh, but it's it's one thing to I I feel like I can do that like you know I the only yeah, actually you maybe have the, the o- you have the mind for it you really do. But it's what's, what's strange though is like so I'll get an email. We need a song for McDonald's. It's got to be about this. Here's the title of the commercial. Here's and it's like okay, got it. But whenever I'm writing a song just for me or um, for an artist, I I get so super like superstitious. About is that is that how you say that? Superstitious, yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it felt really weird when it came Maybe out. Maybe a little stitious. <laughs> yeah, I feel a little stitious, I suppose. A little about, stitious. <laughs> about like that moment where if I box this song in, maybe I won't find it yeah. like fully. Right, Maybe it won't reveal right. itself. I'm so scared that I want to go green, but it's actually red. And I'm so worried that if I box this in at all, maybe I won't find it. And, and I think part of that comes from me, like most of my songs. I don't love them initially. Like, I'm an editor. Like, I want to write a song and go, okay, that's fine. Come back to it and, and rewrite it. Because for totally. me, that's, that's where it comes out. So I don't even, like, I, I chase nothing. But that's nothing. the same kind of thing, right? Because you, you're, you're expressing it, like, the honesty or whatever comes out, you know, right? the green yeah. or whatever it is, you know, is green good? <laughs> Green's yeah. never good. Green's good. <laughs> and, and once you find that thing, you know, then you're putting your editor hat on, and, right? And kind of like shaping it. I think you do it. You do that naturally, though. You know, you have 
the right brain where you can switch sides. I th- maybe and that's you, it's practice a, it's a decision a bit. to switch sides. You're like your creative side, you're like, okay, I'm, this, this is coming out, and then like the editor hat goes on. You're like, okay, like I can, I can do this and this and this and this and this. You know. I think that's beneficial for us, at least as if you're producer and songwriter, or you're maybe you're you're producing your own music and recording it. I, I think that it's good to be able to write something and then go into this more analytic part because there's there's nobody that's going to be harder on us than ourselves so who better to go to rip it to shreds than ourselves but i think some of that comes with self-awareness people are very afraid of that they're afraid of of ripping their own songs they want to most people want to think that everything that comes out it's good it's gold. Don't touch it. In the way it came out, there's something sacred about the way it came out. Right. It took me a long time to get over that. Yeah, but we, I, I deal with that all the time. With you, you'll work with an artist and you'll come in and you'll do pre-production for the record and you're, you're going through their songs and you're like, I don't have any idea what you're saying. And right. and they're right. they're approaching it like, no, no, this is what I'm saying. And I'm like, that's what I'm saying though. I can't then hear say it. that. Say yeah, that thing they, you just said. They knew that in their heart when they wrote all this other stuff around no it. One else so knows their that. perspective through that lens of the thing that they started with, all of it makes sense. But without that keyword, without that uh, decoder, if you will, um, to decrypt it, it does it nobody knows what you're talking about. And if you're radiohead, that's okay. <laughs> right. And for some people that's cool, you know. Right. Yeah, I think it's such a fine line though, because I think that there is a purity that comes out of an artist who writes a great song and there's something there. There's some nucleus in the song or some kind of aura around it. But I think we still get too romantic about the things that we're creating. Yeah. And we don't allow the song to actually reach its peak because we're like we're so like, I don't change it. If it changes it, it doesn't make me feel the same way. And a lot of that's, I mean, that is a sentiment that is often expressed to me as a co-writer on somebody, on an artist song, or, you know, it's like, I get that, but I just, that's not how, like, that's not how I want it to come out. And it's like, and I always go back and this is, this is, I'm a cold hearted person sometimes when it comes to songwriting because I want them to win. And, and a lot well, of our, see that, that's not, that's not cool being cold hearted though. Yeah. I'm supportive Cause, of cause them. Be- you want them to win too. You want the song to win. You want them to win. Yeah. When well, people are coming in going, I want to make music for a living or I do. And I want to keep doing it. And they say, everyone says, you know, I just want to make sure that we make songs that'll sell. And it's and when wow, you start yeah. approaching people, when people approach me and say like, I want to make sure this song is really commercial and blah, blah, blah. And then they want to make their, they want to be really romantic about what they said. It's like you, when you stepped into the marketplace of, I want to create music so people will pay me for it. You need to start thinking about things like what actually offers value to them too, as the listener. And, and that is just, that's not sexy at all. But I think that like the intentionality of going, this is my emotion. This is where it started from. This is special to me, but I'm going to make sure that it's clearly identified to, because to, if it, people can't catch this the first listen, you will lose them forever. Like very, very few people are going to go, you know what? That's a, that's a crappy song, but let's give it another spin. Maybe it'll get there. Like it's just not going to happen. If, particularly if you're writing songs for other people or you're trying to be a songwriter for a living, like you don't, you're not afforded like mistakes very often if you want to actually that's, climb that's, to be you're not forwarded any of them unless yeah. like unless you're bono or somebody that's already bought into your your music for years and they're like i can't wait to hear what he says 
Yeah. Maybe, maybe if you're artist first with some sort of something behind you, but unless you've got a, a lot of people vouching for you. Right. Or uh, have some cool like thing that's really left that people like bind how different it is or something. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And they're willing to go, I don't get you yet, but right. I think you might but, be the next thing. Yeah. But they've already bought in, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're willing, they're, they're seeing something. They just don't know what they're seeing yet. Right, right. Um, but like so, in commercial music, it's something that's commercial that the world can grab onto in general. They have to be able to like understand what it's about. That's what, the clarity of something. Like they have to understand on the first listen. This is oh, this is about that guy dealing with this thing, or this girl dealing with that thing, or that relationship. Like oh, he feels this way, you know. And then they identify with it. You know, if they can't identify with it, then they're done. You know. Yeah. And if you don't well, give you don't give them that hook. Or some kind of word to hold on to, they're not gonna even know. Uh, ultimately, it's it's just art, and it's the difference between standing in a museum and looking at a painting of a landscape with a house, or standing in a museum and looking at paint splotches and emotion through uh, kinetic energy being thrown at a canvas. Uh, well, for me, like. I have that no was, idea. That was like a, that was poetic. That was yeah, it's too Thank deep you. for me. Get out of here. <laughs> Sorry. Um, you I stop do it. You stop it, Mr. P- Mr. Perfect Words. That was amazing. <laughs> um, Sean's, Sean's in a songwriting session right now, apparently. Um, <laughs> I'm writing so, that down, Sean. Yeah, Always. The truth for me is I don't know at what point that we have negotiated ourselves into the idea that clarity and, and focus in the in, at the end of the song, at the expense of maybe a, a few descriptive words, like I want to cut four adjectives, and those four adjectives, like, are going to make this song work for everyone first listen, and they absolutely know what's happening. Maybe it's not. There's maybe I took out two pieces of imagery, but who really cares if everyone gets your song? Like, well, we, and the listener's never going to know that that imagery was there, yeah, so they're not going to miss it. People, we're trying to overwork these songs to be Shakespeare when literally nobody wants Shakespeare, like at all. They want to hit, turn on the song, turn it up, and get lost. And like that, that's, that's the whole point. But if you can't get lost because the map's too descriptive and you're like, well, this place sucks because like, I didn't want to be in water again. I didn't want to be in like, <laughs> like we just like, it. I don't understand at what point, like being clear, like is a bad thing about, you know, as a songwriter, right. but yeah, man, I think it sure most is. Most of us getting into it, like feel we were, we're against it. Yeah. Like we need, we need to feel really poetic, you know? Yeah, and feel vague and like have it mean something deep to us where no one else understands. But like they'll they'll get it if they if they seek deeply into the song, they'll get it. You know, yeah. they'll find their own meaning. And I think there's a place for those kind of things, but not for everybody. You know, not for the mass. The I guess the masses. <laughs> yeah, you know, the majority of people. The majority of people. <laughs> yeah, it's and, it's and, really. And, and I I had someone share a song yesterday, like a friend who had a friend who's like, hey, um, what do you think of this song? Could you give a critique of it, you know? And it was, it was already released. Sounded, Uh-oh. Had, a, had, a, had a really cool vibe, really cool band vibe. But the, mel- like, uh, because of the melody structure and because of, of the the rhythms, like, and, and I was like, oh, I've yeah, by the time I hit the chorus, I was like, okay, well, I, I've had all these rhythms and, it, like, the placement of, of the phrasing, I was like, I, I was already, I was already done, you know? Yeah. Um, and and at the end of the chorus, it didn't give me that hook until the second chorus. 
gave me the hook, and I was like, okay, now I know what it's it's called. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like, oh, but you can't. I'm on oh, in my but head. By the you know, my song chorus. Right now, so I'm like, oh, but you can't do that yet. You know, I didn't know by the end of the first chorus. I have to know. Yeah. You have to tell me. I can't wait for the second chorus because I don't get it by the first one. I'm done. And most people in the industry listen like that. They listen. Sometimes they'll listen 15 seconds if they're more on the music supervisor side. You know, and yeah. they'll know. But if they're if they're in the industry and trying to write and get a you know, if they have a hit song or something, they're they're like after that first chorus, they're not going to hear that th- that person's title. You no, know, not not and then not rhythms at all. and all that kind of stuff matters so much. Like and where they're singing on the beat, off the beat, before the beat, you know, whatever off after it. And in and the sections, people don't like, I guess, framing sections. I also heard Ross Golan talk about this. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm sure you guys. He knows a few things. things. I do, but knowing each section, like, is that a verse section? Most of the time, you can tell. Like, if you can't tell if it's a verse section or a pre-chorus section, or not, you know, if it needs it or not, or a chorus, then it probably needs to be reworked. You know? Right. Oh yeah. yeah. And right. and guys like Ross are like song interior decorators like he ross is in in my opinion ross is like the joanna Gaines of songwriting because he he might not be the guy that you're like oh all this imagery is so like profound but he's the guy that goes he knows where everything goes he knows where everything goes he's very very clear yeah and i think that he's he's a perfect interior decorator to a great hit song because he's like this goes here this goes here this goes here and voila look at this hit and, you right, know and i know right. it's not that easy but craft pure craft yeah yeah well in and to just to be able to have that much discernment with a song that you wrote going yeah that's where that goes and that's perfect because because that leading into that is actually going to lift here and right. push here and that and tension i'm going to hear that chorus yeah, yeah. It's going to yeah, pop I, out more. Absolutely. You know, well, another great thing I just heard, uh, was, uh, I think it was from a friend I'm working with who, who used to work with Wyclef a lot. And he, he said that, um, you know, write your chorus and then make that a verse. <laughs> you know, once you find your chorus, now, now you have a verse or something like that, you know? Yeah, well, if you, well, we're always going like, we always are really lenient on the rest of our song, but the chorus, we're like, oh, the chorus has to be great, but everything else can, like, be okay. But that's just not a good song. <laughs> like, it's just not a good song whenever... if Yeah, I, I love that, I, that mentality, because it's like, let's take the very best thing we can possibly do, put it in the very beginning of the song, and get better. You know, right. make ourselves... That's, that's the biggest thing I'm be, that's missing in, in songwriting is... Oh, shoot, I'm getting a call. Let's see. I'm gonna call from Hawaii right now. Do you need to take it? No, I it's have to all pee. no. I, no, it's, okay. it's I actually can. It's fun because I, I was just a part of a uh, a songwriting festival in in Hawaii. I got to be a part of this thing called the, the immersive, where they bring mainland songwriters. They bring a few mainland songwriters to to Hawaii and and to write with their writers and and music supervisors and other artists that are more you know established artists and established uh, producers. Mm-hmm. Like it's a really really cool program. That's his name, and Charles heads it up with his family, and they're just they're amazing. So it's actually a good like, uh, it's it's a good thing to mention Hawaiian Songwriting Festival because they're they're like they're awesome people. It's, it's such an incredible experience just to be a part of that whole thing. How did you get into that world? Were you just invited? That's just like you know like one song leads to another, and one one hangout leads to another, and one friend leads to another, and then when people start hearing some, certain things you do, and then they. You know, every once in a while, you might have a, someone that'd be like, "Hey, that person would be good for this thing." 
you know, they would be able to help or add value to that event or that festival or, you know, then all of a sudden you're, you're in Hawaii, you know, that's kind of how it happened <laughs> for me. I had a friend named Chaz and, and we've never like hung out officially. We've just met like at certain events and he, he suggested my name to be a part of this thing. Um, you know, cause they're looking for people that are like, like maybe Beautiful. not all the way there, but almost all the way, you know, I don't know. I've, I'm still, I always feel, feel like I'm still starting out, but, um, so he suggested me and that's how I heard about it. And then That's I had another amazing. friend who's, you know, I've uh, worked with in the past and hung out with Adam, named Adam Zelkind, great human, um, you know, I think who also vouched for me. And so that's kind of what got me to Hawaii. That's awesome. Yeah, it was, it was surprising. I texted you and said, hey, you want to be on the podcast? And you're like, yeah, I'm in Hawaii on a bike. Dude, I was riding my <laughs> bike. Great. I great. I mean, obviously don't rec- recommend this to anyone, but... <laughs> Right, my bike getting a text from you, and I was like, "Corey, what's up?" You know, <laughs> it's the best thing ever. At my, I was at my Airbnb, a mile away from this this hotel, trying to save a hundred bucks a night at least. Yeah, and then and then you know, texting you, like <laughs> it was awesome. It was so so cool. I was like, yeah, it, man, it was so rock star. <laughs> just 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 out here riding in Hawaii, no big deal. Like I mean, you know, not everyone gets an opportunity like that. But you don't, you just never know what kind of opportunities will come your way. You know, if you're open, um, that's the weirdest thing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that's the, it's so weird because you never know what's going to come around the corner. You just, like, it's only, you, you only see what you can see in front of you. And then so, like, you can believe in those things around the corner, but they never look like what you think. Yeah. Well, and you know? to try to predict them or control them or make them happen because you want them to, that's just, like, maybe never works. So Right, right. So knowing when to, like... Feel in control of something or that you're and then when to just release it, you know? Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's uh, so important. And you know what's crazy about that festival is that I, I ended up, I didn't, like, I'm still in a place right now where I was like, I don't feel like I'm 100% with my voice, but it, it started working a little bit more. And I was like naturally because I was songwriting and I wasn't, I wasn't thinking about it. You know, I was thinking more about yeah. the song and the, and the artist and how to amplify them, like, and make, yeah. you know, them the center point. And so but it started working a little bit more. And I didn't even sign up as, like, someone to sing anything at this festival. You'd write a song a day and you'd produce it that day, you know? Right. Um, as stressful as possible. Huh? That, just make it as stressful as possible. Yeah, make it as stressful as possible. But you realize <laughs> what you can do in those moments, you know? Because, like, you yeah. have to. <laughs> and so, oh, man. Um, what was I saying? Totally lost my train of thought. ADD. Uh, you weren't going there as an artist? Maybe? Oh, yeah, yeah. So ba- what ended up happening is they're like, oh, yeah, you'll have, you'll have Cameron sing on this song. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to sing. I'm going to sing. Wait, what? Like, <laughs> are, you, are you sure, guys? Like, in my head, I was like, uh, you know. Uh, but I ended up doing a few different things. And they ended up playing the songs at the end. And it was it was actually really, like, cool because people didn't know my background. You know, they don't know. They don't all know like what my story is. You know right. what I mean? They're just so you're the next they're, Sia. Yeah, they're just hearing something <laughs> for what it is. They're like, okay, I'm hearing a song for what it is. I'm hearing a voice for what it is. And so it was actually a really cool experience because people started like asking about it, like, hey, do you do this kind of thing? Like, or wanting to work together because of it. And I was like, okay, that's that's it's affirming in a way, you know? Yeah. Um, well, and it's how great to not have to say what you are, but just to get to be what you are and people actually see you for what you are. Because I think 
very often we're like, oh, I am this, I am this, and I am this. And now you know because I told you. Right. But that doesn't prove anything. And to let, be able let, for the sauce the to kind of be. Speak. Let who yeah. you are speak for itself. Absolutely. That's great. On that stretch, I know obviously you came from being an artist and then you hedged into being a songwriter. Do you see yourself going back to that world uh, oh, full-fledged? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing that... Uh, there's a guy named Ran. Um, do you know Do you know the song Reckless Love? Yeah, you I know, do. So Ran was a co-writer on that song, and I didn't know who Ran was at first, but he said he said something in a meeting. He said, "Create from identity, not for identity." That's good. And I thought that was really like it was really helpful too. It's like from who you are, not not for something, you know, right. yeah. like not, not trying to be something or not trying to be like anything else. Like from, you already have everything you need. Um, so just to express that naturally, you know, and that was, that was a big part of it. And I think when it comes to being an artist, like it's always in my heart. Like I, I I'm going to be an artist no matter, no matter what, even if the world hears it or not, you know what I mean? Right. Right. Um, so, but yeah, I think, I think about it a lot. I think about it a lot. There's some. There's nothing like being able to express your music to a group of friends and have everybody jump in with you and, and be a part of it. You know, like yeah. engage in the story or in a moment more than anything. Like just be there together. You know, and that's something I've I've missed so much. You know, yeah. even just on the uh, leading worship too in that space and or writing a song. Um, so I think so. I you know I have. I have some songs that might be cool to share. I just, you know, I'm just really <laughs> shy, I think, sometimes when it comes to sharing my music. Maybe you'll just come to Kansas City and for a week and we'll just feed you and you can just bring the family and take a vacation and just record a record here. I and basically <laughs> have an Airbnb downtown above a recording studio, so That's you should come bring your family. About. I love it. And we I can actually hang out with you guys. and we can crush on each other in person. Yes. We great. just need to make a way for other. Be Sean to on meet you. Our first song is called Crushing yeah. on You. And then like yeah. it's just <laughs> a verse. I'm crushing yeah. on you. We'll make it, make it a country song. Yeah. I feel like that reminds, it's like a Sugarland song already. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I think they have a song called Stuck on You. I think that's why. Oh, I'm Stuck on, oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's the same melody too. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> stuck on you. Exactly. You nailed it. Yeah, you know what? Thank what's, you so much. It's <laughs> she's got the thickest accent. Like, holy crap. Uh, what, uh, Jennifer Nettles, is that her name? I think. Yeah. Anyway, it doesn't matter. What's interesting, <laughs> though, what you're, you know, you're talking about, I, I know, like, I feel like I could write 100 songs, have a number one hit. I could do, produce, uh, like, a number one, like, best-selling album of all time. And I think my friends that know me from being an artist first would be like, so when are you going to put some music out? And yep. would, have, would see no value in the other side. Uh, for whatever reason, it seems like unless you are in the songwriting community or you are in like the producing community, no one really cares that much that Pharrell's a producer and a really damn good one. They just care that he wrote Happy and he sang it. Exactly. Right. They only yeah. see the, the the public front of it. They don't care about 
all the creative, amazing things you're doing behind the scenes they don't. doesn't have they any don't. value. Yeah, they at want all. that end result. It's about Everyone being a star on TV or on the radio. Yeah. Yeah. So it's. Well, I just wonder. You know, sometimes as you know, kind of why I was asking you, there's that itch to just go. Maybe if I just write a song, or like I'd put out another song that I sing on, and I just call it mine. Maybe for a second, people would be like, "Oh, yep, he's doing something worth. Oh, you know, wow. worth worth his time again." Yeah. You know, I, especially so hometown townies. Like. It almost feels like you and the outside in. It's like, what's even happening over there? You know, right? Like, unless I, <laughs> unless I actually release something, it, it feels it feels really unique at times. You know? <laughs> yeah, it, it's 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 very strange because you almost never get any ownership of anything you do ever again. As a songwriter, you're right. handing it off and going, you you now embody the thing that I created for you right. or with you. And now, and does it forever. matter how much work you did on the thing? If you produced it, whatever, nope. like. Or like wrote the whole thing, you yeah. know. It's such like a, it's not it, it's not you, and and and, and there's a lot of <laughs> artists that won't that won't even post the yeah. name <laughs> that, that you're even a part of it. Yeah, yeah, and and it's such it's like only people you have celebrating you are the other songwriters who know like, dude, I I know what that feels like. I understand that. Hundred percent. Yeah, and and, and I under, I totally understand like the idea of being an artist and. And wanting to own something, hundred percent, have people have the world look at you that way. Yeah, you know, like, like that's that's how a lot of the labels have set it up. Anyway, it's not like this song was written with you know all the majors. Like, right, this song was written by this person, you know, or with this person. They they just want they just want that one big artist, like the Taylor Swifts of the world, to look you know like they wrote everything. I mean, even though you know, I'm not talking like Taylor Swift because she's brilliant. Right, but um, uh, you know, but the perspective of that. So that's why I think it's one of the reasons why a lot of the songwriters don't get the credit. And and again, the public doesn't care. You know, no, not at care. all. They don't. They don't care at all. They, they they want that end result. They want that one song that yeah. makes them feel good. It's about them. Everything's about like <laughs> it's a selfish thing. You know, right. And I think it's important to know that. You know. Yeah. Well, in talking about songwriters and about the um. How, how songwriters get treated or how that feels to be one. Um, last week, about six days ago, um, the whole kind of songwriting community kind of erupted talking about oh, the, uh, yeah. yeah, the music modernization act. Yep. And I, you know, I saw you, you know, kind of retweeted one of Ross's, yep. uh, graphics totally. and ev- everyone, <laughs> what a good, what a smart thing for him to make an infographic with, <laughs> with this information he's on, it. Yeah, he's um, on it. But, you know, I kind of would wouldn't mind to talk about uh, that whole thing. Like, you know, have you really read any of that legislation or kind of what's happening? I haven't read exactly like all the details of it and like the exact numbers and what each number means. And uh, I think just know for a, for a long time, songwriters haven't been compensated because of the laws that have been set for such a long time ago. You know? Yeah, uh, I think that the original, and then, you know, the whole Blackstone, you know. And uh, CSAC kind of being held back by those ties, I think. Where it was yeah. just kind of one of those things where they were like, oh, we like keeping our money, you know? Like, uh, we like, right. uh, you know, just, and they just wanted that, it seems like they just wanted their money instead of like compensating songwriters for what they deserved, you know? And not yeah. change with the times. Yeah, I think the original legislation, I think, was, I think what I saw was written in 1908 or, you know, like over 100 wow, years ago. So and. Long ago. The medium has changed just a, a little, little bit. since just a little. then. We're not recording to magnetic wire anymore. Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, yeah. Magnetic we should, wire. 
we, that's, that's a new a hipster thing, man. We should we that's should bring a, back recording through magnetic wire. They used to have wire. like like a like a steel wire that they would record, kind of like to magnetic tape, but they would re- encode encode magnet signal on a wire. Wow, man! With some of the first types of recording besides wax. Amazing. Anyway, back on topic. Yeah, what I think is interesting, you know, uh, it, it's it's the way things go, but um, you know, someone respect we respect like Ross. Um, I think you say his last name Golan, but I feel like I always get it wrong. So, you know, obviously a respected songwriter, huge in that community, knows every huge songwriter, writes with every huge songwriter. Um, Someone like him who says this has got to change. And like any other political movement or any other kind of viral movement, sometimes we're not reading what's actually happening, but we're seeing Ross cares about it and we are caring about it now. And, you know, I think I would say... I don't know, I follow several hundred people on Instagram and I would say a good 75% of the posts I was seeing for a couple of days were these same infographics from Ross. Um, you know, totally. so I looked, I looked into it a little bit and obviously I was like, well, if he's a songwriter and he's supporting it, obviously maybe I should too because well, we're in a similar place right. in life right. as and far as what we do. Coming from a source you trust. Yeah. What's interesting though That's cool. is when you read into it, not that it's bad because I do some of what I read about saying, you know, the way that Spotify and Apple can essentially, if we don't correctly copyright and claim our music, they can basically skip paying altogether. Uh, or there's, there's definitely a ton of loopholes that um, the old legislation kind of has in it that really benefits the streaming companies because there's really no regulation for how they work. And I'm sure that it's more, it's bigger than that. However, when, when I was digging into it, there's also some of the people putting together um, this whole act. There's, there's some kind of caveats to, yes, this looks better, but um, I think I read one of the things that I read um, and this is fresh in my brain, so if I'm getting it wrong, I apologize, but um, something to the effect of uh, if you do not file a claim or a dispute with, like, um, maybe uh, Apple Music or Spotify or somebody like that, when you don't feel like you're rightly getting paid or honored for your music, um, after, like, a 36-month period, if you have not claimed your song, essentially... um, there are like big record labels and big, like a couple of big publishing companies who are, I think, kind of pushing for this new legislation who actually get 100% of the rights to your wow. year. And there's a few things in there that's like, I haven't heard that. That's I don't, I don't know if we, I think we need to keep reading and we can, yeah, I think you're right. Maybe make sure, like, because I, 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 I don't know. Like, it seems to me that, yes, we do not need to be paid or respected or, like, following the rules of maybe a uh, a piece of law that was written 100 years ago when, obviously, technology's changed. Like, our rights somewhat have changed. Um, like, who knows what, like, is in that old, you know, that old document. But I also think that we should probably keep digging into what the new document says and maybe not only just trust people that we trust. Um, you know, and I don't, that's not to say like Ross is wrong for leading us down. <laughs> Cause I think he was the guy that like right. for, mo- yeah, for most the, people. Were the like, starter. Yeah. And, and I, I, you know, round of applause for him for doing that. Totally. I just, I just, I get a little scared when, People jump when on I, a movement without oh knowing man. the details kind of thing. Yeah, and, and everyone's, you know, in the graphic, you know, like it said, like, I'm a songwriter and I support this. And I think as a songwriter, 
we should know that our our voice does carry power right. and our our words and in our numbers. choices yeah and and i think that's great i just i just want to make sure that we don't celebrate something that also like kind of kicks us in the face <laughs> in oh, 10 years 100%. like oh 100%. look we've done something good for ourselves except for wait crap everyone like you know because it seems like we talk about like now in the streaming era with spotify and apple music and all these other things you know we talk about like um oh it's so bad for the artists and it, everything's changing but it seems like like record labels actually are still making bank off of this whole thing like not all of them but a good a good number of like the majors are still making considerable amounts of money even in this spotify era um just because the laws aren't supportive for the songwriter you know right. i was listen, watching a youtube video today just kind of learning about that whole that whole act and you know they were talking giving personal stories about how a friend um who was a songwriter uh, who had written a number one hit, who their song had 70 million plays on Spotify, and her royalty is $800. <laughs> uh, insane. So it's like, obvi obviously it needs to change, and we can see that, but I just I get a little worried that we don't get, get involved enough as a group, but just champion somebody taking the initiative to change right. it. And yeah, a lot of people don't dive in deep in, yeah. that, in that area. They'll just take it for face value from someone they trust. Yeah, well, it's so much. I I get it. It's it's hard no, 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 work. No, 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 no. And like, there's 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 a lot of validity in in that with like having that person that you you look up to, but also just always knowing the details. You know, I think that politics are a lot like that too. <laughs> I was get, I've you been know. itching to say the same thing for about yeah. five minutes. I'm a very politically triggered person. Oh, sorry. You're just I a triggered person. I, no, 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 not that you're triggering me, but just there there are, and it's especially just a rampant e epidemic in kind of the younger millennial generation to believe one thing that you've seen <laughs> on the news or one Facebook uh -huh. post, uh -huh. take it at face value, yeah. go outside, rally behind it, smash windows because right. somebody posted about it on Instagram and you didn't actually do your homework and learn anything Thing about the philosophical implications of what you're saying right <laughs> rant over wow i i, I greatly no, i greatly enjoy old man sean that comes out so every day Corey comes over to work he'll um we'll like break for coffee around lunchtime or whatever and we'll sit down and he'll go all right, Sean, ready to get triggered today? And I'm like, no. And he pulls out his phone and he'll find something else oh. on the internet that was either in the news or that someone is now championing as a new thing to stand behind that just philosophically makes no sense at all um, or is completely contradictory to itself. And he'll just get me all triggered. Get your and blood then, boiling. And yeah. then I, I get out my I get out my Sherlock Holmes pipe and I just get I'll just sit there oh, and I get angry it. and. It's it's I, a good little best friend BS is is worth it every it's worth day it. and get someone like it, it exercises my brain. Well, I think one of the things that we find and Sean kind of just spoke to it like it it's an, and it is funny to me when millennials are like damn dang millennials <laughs> like it is because I am a millennial yeah, so, right, 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 I'm just right, right. so grumpily against most millennial one of the things that I think we miss and I think I actually think as songwriters and creatives we need to have these conversations particularly songwriters and creatives, we need to talk about what's happening in the world. We need to figure out where we, maybe where we stand or what we don't understand because I feel like songwriters more than most people have the opportunity 
to be a part of culture, to change culture, to change minds, to change ideas, to change politics, to change everything. Totally. And and I granted, sometimes we're gonna write like I kissed a girl, and it might not change the politics of the world, <laughs> right. but you know, but there's some if the people who might be one of the biggest mouthpieces that the world will ever see, ever, if we are not chewing on what's happening and talking about it, I, f- I feel like at some point we're just not as rich in spirit and rich in personality and rich in soul, with, you know, because we're, we're kind of just like seeing things but not maybe processing them. And we're maybe seeing things and forming opinions about them or reading things and forming opinions about them. Um, but we're not experiencing them in full. And so part of my like best friend BS moments of every day is, is, is because like Sean and I spend a lot of time together. So there's a safe place to say, you can be completely wrong, Sean, or I can be completely wrong, or we can just be completely belligerent and, and that's okay. Yeah. 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 Be- and- there's nothing Sean could say like, I don't think at all that would make me go, you're not worth my time. I hate right. you. Go away. You know who he is. You've already, you guys have committed to that friendship. Yeah. And so it's a safe place, but I think just as songwriters, like pay attention to the world. Like we're, we, sometimes we just like, we get lost in like, Oh, this is creativity and this is mathematical songwriting. Mm. And this is what people want. Right. And I just hate that mentality. That mm-hmm. this is what people want. Let's write that. I think we have an opportunity to go, this is maybe how people listen to songs. And this is maybe some of the math that we have seen work before. Mm -hmm. And this is maybe what's going on right now. But I just, I just want to be a songwriter that goes, you know what, like what's happening now is already gone and passed. What can I find in the future? That's going to work. How can I like resound successfully what's going on in the world right now? And how can I do it from a place that's like deeply from my soul and super catchy? Yeah. How can I authentically write something really kick ass? Like that's what I want to do. Right. Um, And I think that sometimes triggering Sean will, it will definitely <laughs> throw us into a conversation that's uncomfortable. Yep. It will definitely let us mm. feel a range of emotion. It will definitely let us battle with one another for the sure. ownership of who is speaking clearly in this moment that's articulating possible truth. And I, I, I just think that it's, it, for, for me, it's just a good exercise. Yeah, but, and sometimes, like, sometimes people need to be riled up a little bit to make, good things too i mean like i don't know some people aren't awake you know yeah yeah well and i i typically i'm a very like passive don't want to create waves people pleaser nice guy like most people that know sean have never seen me angry in my life oh wow um and and i sure have i i found that there have been times <laughs> that you know when you're writing a song you're you're yeah Corey definitely has well, anytime and you probably, have a friendship that's deep enough can, like you, you know. can count it on oh go ahead sorry I said, anytime you have a friendship that's deep enough, it's like you're going to see the other parts or the struggles or the anger. Or some things come out, you know. That's yeah. Just a, that's a given. Yeah. But he can probably count it on one hand, and he's known me for like 12 years. Wow. But, yeah. but, but probably most of my hand that's been like pointed at me, actually. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but I find that like when you're writing a song, there's no point in writing a song about something that you're, you're not passionate about or that right. doesn't have feeling behind right. it. Or that you know nothing about. Or that you Unless know you're writing for someone about. else and they're passionate about it. Well, sure, sure. You hope to if find you can the angle that. That, that you identify with. You know, but or you, it's not worth writing. To, it feels like, yeah, you have to somehow 
see it from their perspective yes, and then yes, encompass yes. that passion. And if you're not doing it, you're not feeling passion. Right, All that's right. be it's said, hard to create some, like that's good without any yeah. feeling behind it. I, I just found at a certain point after having written songs for maybe like six or seven years, I kind of came to the end of like a certain boundary of territory where I was like, unless I can write about things that make me uncomfortable to say and other people uncomfortable to listen to, I'm out of content. <laughs> like, right. because I had written so many songs about like compassion and, right. and hope. And it was like, man, unless I can write a song that's like, like, Hey, this is going to probably piss you off, but it pisses me off. Like I, it was starting to run out of territory. And so I think by Corey quote unquote triggering Sean, it's also probably a good exercise to keep my mind in the world that's continually changing around me, you know, and not just right. stay safe and isolated in my little castle. I'm just right. making you a better songwriter, Sean. Yeah, it's true. You're welcome. Trigger. It's making you better, buddy. It's making Trigger. You better. That's, that's what we do though. When we're, you know, that's what friendships are made for. Making yeah. you make each other better. At least challenge. I think sometimes challenging each other, like if you're in a safe enough place, like to challenge someone else in like a loving way. I don't know. Like, I think it's everyone, really valuable. I think everyone needs that, and it's really rare. I think a lot yeah, of friends are rare. certain. It's rare for certain someone fakeness. not to feel like threatened. Yeah, yeah. You know, we. I think we we went through the threatened phase oh, pretty yeah. early on. And we did. And we were pretty vocal about getting through it too. Really? I mean, we we have an odd friendship. We started I love out that, as, I love I love the honesty. You know what I mean. Well, we, we started out not liking each other at all. We oh, just really? needed Isn't each weird? other. I think a lot of best friendships happen that way. I'm not kidding. It's true. It's true. He thought I was a stuck up goody goody judgmental two shoes, and I was. Oh, and really? I thought he uh, was. I thought he was like kind of a two faced slime bag, you know. And he kind of was at the time. <laughs> he just gave me the eyebrows, and we we really needed each other to find honesty and to find balance wow. and. And it was definitely a Buzz Lightyear and Woody situation. Oh, I For love sure. A hundred percent. I've never thought of that. That's great though. Corey and Sean, which if you've ever seen Boy Meets World, is also the name of best friends, oh, Corey and Sean. Yeah, so, true. Um, We're really cute. I yeah. love that, man. Yeah. So you kind of have to like if your name is Corey, you kind of have to find a, a person named Sean to be best friends with. It's just I think so. Like the you know, Corey and, Sh and Sean show. Yeah, <laughs> that's like, the new podcast oh yeah. name. Podcast with Corey and Sean. It's the Sean and Corey. Sean show. and Corey. I mean Sean and Corey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's what I meant. Whatever. <laughs> I'm taller. I'm older. <laughs> There's something here. We'll we'll get to the bottom of it. Yeah. We'll Max wrestle. Martin would say whatever whatever sounds good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> whatever. That's good advice. Yeah, and the, and the melody always wins. Yeah, well, we can just always listen to Max Martin and we can I know, be in a good, I know. I mean, you know, there's always shape. time to take that in, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> That's so cool so, you guys have that, you know? Um, well, I mean, we, we'll probably stop. Whenever this is not no, no longer profitable, we'll stop being friends, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, right. Friendship yeah, for profit. Yeah, because it's all about the money in the end. That's, That's what, it. That's what all... That's what art is, right? It's about money. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's a that's a classified ad. I'm looking for a friendship for profit. Yeah. Yeah. Friendship yeah. for profit, please. Ooh, yeah. dude. That's what a lot of it feels like the industry is sometimes. Yeah, it's like true. In LA. It's true. I feel like it's like, can you add value to my life? You know, yeah. can you uh can you get me where I need to go? And that's one thing I hated about moving here yeah. is kind of feeling some of that, you know? And like there's 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 one way of looking at it like yeah like we should be able to add mutual value to each other you know 
But yeah. it's not about using anybody to get anywhere. That's the part of that you feel like you feel a little bit like, ugh, like, are you good enough to help me? You know? Yeah. yeah. I think I think feeling. you have to learn that really early on if you don't want to go through a lot of pain that you will get nowhere by using people. Maybe you will get somewhere, but eventually you'll be empty and decrepit inside. It, it can't, yeah, like the feel that, that stuff inside and, and like to, can you feel good about that, you know? Well, and those relationships can't last. Like you will be alone. You will be alone inevitably. I mean, there's a lot of people that are on the top right now that have got there by doing certain things and it's yeah. it's really w- weird. And like I think the longer I've here, the m- I've been here, the more I've been hearing stories like that. But uh, there has to be something inside that's not making sense, you know? Right. That's like, ugh, yeah, I sacrificed my integrity to to be popular, you know? Yeah. Like it sounds like high school. <laughs> so what's going on right now with you? Uh, I know you just got back from Hawaii, but what's songwriting in 2018 look like for you? Man, it's just like... It's usually like, hey, you want to write a song from a friend, and they're like, and you're like, yeah, if you if you if you have the time to schedule and it makes sense for like an end result project, um, then usually you say yes. You get in a room and you write a song, and you know, hope for the, hope for the best. Um, it's it's a lot of a lot of it feels like a shot in the dark, right. Um, because I mean, writing for an artist is kind of an insane way to go about it. You don't realize how hard it is right. when you're not in the room with somebody. Um, but you know, cause usually the artist wants to be on a song. So like, even if they wrote a song that with another songwriter and that song isn't as good as someone, something coming up, a lot of times they won't even use the, the other song because, yeah. you know, they want to be a part of it and they feel connected to it. Right. Yeah. Um, so a lot of it feels like, a lot of it feels like shots in the dark. Um, so the best the best scenarios are like when you're in the room with an artist. I, that's kind of like ninety percent of the stuff I'm I'm doing now. It has someone that's gonna sing it. Um, maybe yeah, somewhere somewhere around there. Um, s- someone who's gonna like put it out. Someone who is developing. I'm working with other artists right now under a label that are being developed, writing and producing. Um, so that's been a lot of fun too. I've been working with uh, you know, some thirteen year old people you know and it's so fun like where you're in the room um and uh they show that talent from early on and and, you know with with the mom and the manager and 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 producers and you know it's like a big party in a room yeah and that Uh, weird feeling that's like you're 13 right now but you're probably the next ariana grande you could be yeah literally could be and they've like shown like promise in certain areas maybe in you know, on another platform where they have millions of followers or something like that, you know, um, and they have a good voice or, you know, have a thing or have a vibe. Um, and so that's, it's been a fun process just experiencing that too, you know, and, and working with them and helping them develop. Cause some, a lot of times a lot of people don't know their sound either. They don't know what kind of sound they want. It's rare. You're going to find someone that has a vision for like the end, the end result. Um, but yeah, maybe like Willow Smith and maybe no one else. <laughs> yeah, and so sometimes you're helping them find that. Sometimes you're developing it for them, you know, um, and, or asking questions, enough questions of what they like and, you know, steering them in the right direction. Like, yeah, that that, would, that sounds really good and that's really popular right now, but does it sound like you, you know? Yeah. Does it really sound like you and who you are? Um, and, and trying to find ways to amplify that individuality, you know, more than anything. 
And so that's that's the hard. I think that's one of the hardest parts is is someone feeling comfortable enough with their self to like yeah to let people see it and experience it and uh, and uh, getting comfortable enough in a room to where they can share that with you, right? You know, and that is that's the unsaid like thing and and, and uh, I don't know like people just kind of now once you're in it for a while you expect to go and share your life with people you know things yeah. you've been through. Or ideas, and that's where usually where the best art comes from with strangers. You know, not a not a lot of privacy of your soul when no. you get to be songwriting every day. No, you know, and and then and there's also, but there's also an interesting respect that you have uh, for people, and you know, even in their information, you know, and and the things you'll never share, you know. Yeah. Um, unless they're gonna share it, you know, that kind of stuff right. too. Um. I'm also, fi- you know, it's interesting. I'm also finding that some people that you would think would be really, really confident, like on the outside in, a lot of, there's a lot of insecurities, even with people that are like very are popular in their music, you know? Yeah. Like you find it very commonly, you know? Um, yeah. I think we often want people to see the the best that we can put forward, but you yeah. know, yeah, that's probably yeah. not just songwriters. And, um, I mean, most people. That's how that's how that's how social media is, is based. And I think there's a turn right now. People are trying to be a little bit more like vulnerable, but it's, it's, it's I just hope that people aren't contriving it just to just to look vulnerable or look honest. You know, like yeah. oh yeah, now I have to say something that's real. Like take we edit, edit, you know, we curate. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, I feel like that happens too. And it's a weird weird feeling. Right. But um, but yeah, coming back to it, like just I'm working with uh, other artists developing, and then. You know, like you know, Lyricast will do will do songs for certain briefs and we'll work with certain artists. Um, you know, pitching to that world and hoping that they use it for some some ad or or something. Um, and then just producing a few people right now, from like you know pop to singer songwriter kind of stuff. And uh, you know, we, I just did a song the other like last few days. My family's been out of town, so. Like it, when they're out of town, I just work way too much, and that's yeah. You know, hyperdrive. Like my voice is like this probably because yeah, you probably identify completely. Yeah, um, just running yourself then. Yeah, so like I've been up to like six a.m. last this last week a lot, you know, just working, and I know I don't like advise it to anybody, you know, because I I need to get on a better schedule now. But like working on a song a day and producing it, and then you know sending it out as far as like you know first draft and trying to do that a lot. Um, you know, it's, it it becomes part of the expectation now, where people expect to have something to bring home with them by the end of the day. And I'm trying to I'm trying to get better at that and be able to like send something home, at least like a vibe or something to sing to, or it could be could be a demo, or you know, sometimes it could be a record. You know, what's wild to me about that is that like some of the best songs in the world, sure, have been written in two hours, but some of the best songs sometimes took a month. Yeah, or a year and, or two years. And you yeah, know, and the idea that someone's it. like, I want a great song and I want it in eight hours. No, I know. Seriously, Just like, breaks my mind. And having, you know, I work with, I have other friends that I work with that are like, hey, you're like, we have these songs, but we need the single. You know, like, or they'll, so then they'll call and be like, hey, can you come and be a part of it? Can, we, need to, we need to release this. And this is a song we're going to release. Like, and that's how the conversation is. Yeah. Like, this song that we're writing today is going to be the one we're going to release, I know. And I'm like, uh, holy crud, like, this better be good, you know? You mean the one this we haven't started yet? You're sure you're going to release that one? <laughs> yeah, that's, 
That's heavy. Yeah. It was, it's heavy. It's, it's heavy. <laughs> but like, there's something about the pressure that for some personalities, it's good. You know, because yeah. you right. fight for it. You fight for it, and you're like, uh, you know, this is beyond like what I think is good. You know, I mean, I have to think this is good, and then, then the world has to also be able to like grab onto it in some way. I you think know. there's some easy discernment, though. I know anytime somebody comes and says, like, we haven't found the song yet, we really need the song, we need the single, or, like, yeah. they come to you in desperation and say, like, we've got 50 songs and we just can't find it, but we've come to you and we think that you're going to have it. And there's something that just is, like, a great motivator, but also yes. a great gives you great discernment to go, like, every single idea you have, you can immediately go, is this the best thing I have? No. Okay, move on. Let's keep, let's keep going. And it kind of puts you in this crunch mode where you're like, only the best will survive, and I'm going to do that in real time right now, today. Right. Um, which is an insane thing. To, it's insane. To, to try to do, but I think 10 years into it, you, you're a little more comfortable than if somebody would have done this to you, you know, right. you know, eight years ago. Right. And be like, I, maybe I you've can't been do that. some of the process to, like, try to find the, that thing or that before and you found other ways to navigate around it and like crafting a song absolutely yeah, yeah so i mean that's 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 like i think tomorrow is one of those days for me where getting together with a super talented artist and a producer and and another songwriter friend and going okay um let's see if we can you know write that we have to write that single you know yeah. <laughs> you know so that yeah. that that happens uh every once in a while you know right i lo- i, I kind of love that mentality it's so 1950s that's like all right guys we need a hit let's find the hit you know, know like I, know, I, know. I, I i hate that mentality I but i also i also love it because i just love that it just and this maybe sounds stupid but i just love that not everyone's capable of it and that it's really hard and yeah. that like the strong survive like I love right. that part about it. Right. And then it's, what's really interesting, too, in the, in the same breath is that sometimes the best ones come out when you're not thinking about it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like any of that stuff. Like there's a, You hear all those stories where a record label is like listening to all your songs, and they're like, hey, let's, listen, to, listen, let's hear that other song. Okay, cool. What would you write for this camp or this person? Yeah. And share all the songs. And like, you have anything else? And then yeah. you share that one song. They're like, yeah, we're just having fun with this one. And they're like, that's a single. That's the one. Yeah. You know, you're like, are you kidding yep. me? Like, ah. That sounds like Charlie Puth's career, for sure. What was that? It kind of sounds like Charlie Puth. Like, yeah. How it's like, but he not, seems not, like he can just write on demand, like on command. He's just like, yeah, I'm going to write this song and bring this this vibe back and do this thing. And like, okay, here it is. Like, you know, yeah. he's, he does, does his magic. Yeah. He's definitely he's smart, magic. Smart guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of crazy. Um, well, I have one, a couple more questions, yeah. and we can kind of wind this down. But do you think you would advise people to drop everything they're doing, move to LA, and become a songwriter if they want to become a songwriter, or do you have a different piece of advice for them? I think it all depends on their situation and the current situation and what like you know brings them joy. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, if like, I mean, also the fi- family dynamic changes everything. Like from you know, it was crazy for me to come here with a family, because the amount of time that that commands your attention and um, and then just carving out the time and then being able to survive on top of it, it's crazy. But um, um, I think I think if that's your passion, that's the end goal, then you have to be um, you have to be in LA. You have to be. I'm not sure if New York is is as happening as seen as it used to be. Seems like and, it's slowing and, down a bit. You know, yeah, like London, um, Nashville, 
and then there's I guess Atlanta is kind of developing. You know, there's a lot of people from Atlanta kind of doing their thing. But so I think one of some of those those areas are are uh, I'll, I'll at least say from my my perspective, I, I, a lot of people from Northern California are there's a lot of amazing people who, who create a lot of really cool things. It's just some people don't want to create on the same level. You know what I mean? Of Right. Of excellence, maybe potentially like they might what might be excellent in someone's mind might be different than what's excellent in your mind or could be used as like, no, we can do this for real. Like and this could do this can be across the world, you know. Right. So sometimes being in a different area gives there's different mentalities that you can share those passions with. Um, you know, because you might be writing a song in your hometown and you're like and they're like, no, it's great. It's perfect. And you're like. But I know it could be way better, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has no. It, ha- it could be way better. But then, then having the the mentality going like, no, it's 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 great, you know. Um, that can be good sometimes. But then if just if you just don't see like, uh, I, t- I think it takes a lot of years to kind of understand that a little bit more, you know, mm-hmm. and understand what's gonna make sense. So being being around that, the and people that are so passionate about writing something that's awesome, like there's something really cool about that. Excuse me. Um, and so that that's what I was attracted to, to come here. Um, and it's so much easier to create in that mentality. Everyone, people want to write every day, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I'd advise, like, depending on the situation, I'd say in general that the answer is, is yes. And I, I, I got to be a part of this thing where, um, like, our band won this thing for Skype. They're looking for, like, the next band. And then there's there's a... A few advisors, Ryan Tedder, Pete Wentz, and uh, Matt Pinfield, and I was asking the same kind of question before I was moving to LA, and and I think it was Ryan Tedder was like, "You have to move to LA." Yeah, <laughs> he's like, "You have to move to LA if you want to do it for real." Like, and I yeah. think he still says that, you know. Yeah, what's um, funny about that is he he's like he does say that. I've heard multiple interviews where he's like, "You have to move to LA or London, or Nashville. You have to," uh, but he moved back to Denver. <laughs> Oh yeah, because, but he's also but he's, he's also so established. He could, <laughs> yeah, know? he can take the industry with him. Yeah, he takes the industry. People, the industry comes to him now. People fly all yeah. over and spend however many dollars to to work with him, like an insane right. amount. You know, because yeah. they see the value that that dude brings. Um, so like that's that's you know that's that's kind of a, it's kind of cool. That's kind of, that's a cool story. Be able to go wherever you want in the world and have people yeah. come to you, like insane. You know. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's he's. Um, there's very few people who are just like I'm magic and follow the magic if you want to. Otherwise, that's fine. I'll just keep my magic here. Right, right, right. So he one thing a uh, thing he said to my band when I, we were in the band is like either you stay in your hometown and you create some kind of some kind of thing, some kind of buzz that you can only create there, and that kind of energy will you know the people will notice that kind of energy. You know, in a sense. Right. So. Which I think is valuable too. Like every, I think everyone has to assess their their uh, situation differently, and like what's in their life, what's the things that they they love, and like are they willing to leave that? Yeah. For something else, for the potential of something else, not just for something else, but for the potential of it, because that's what LA is. Is like you're in a place of a lot of potential, but if you don't know how to use it or don't know how to work really hard and and, and like fight for it, then you never. There's nothing that's ever gonna happen. Yeah. You know and like even in the acting world and, and like you're just you it's like you're coming up to bat all the time and hoping to hit a home run but like most of the time people aren't going to aren't going to love love what you do you know um at least the odds based on you know writing hit songs and all that kind of stuff um so it's like believing enough 
I think if that person believes enough, they're like, I can do this. I'm made for this. Um, or I want to take a chance on this. And having, um, like, yeah, having that is, is, is really important. And then also, like, what I would say before coming to L.A. is develop certain relationships or Nashville or wherever you're going, you know. Right. I would say you develop certain relationships, friendships, more importantly than anything else, friendships, you know. And it's cool. It's cool when it's used with people that you share the common music interests with, you know. Right. Um, and then let that start. Let those, you know, write some songs together before you move. Fly out, maybe another good friend of mine, his name is Phil Theroux, super talented songwriter and and human. <laughs> uh, like he advised me that too. I was like, I was praying about coming to LA, LA and he's like, he's like, yeah, just pray about it and like start start making trips. Um, uh, come like go there once or a few times a month, you know, start writing some songs, see what happens, and then use that momentum and use those, you know, kind of thing as, uh, like, the beginning, you know, because it's, yeah. it's hard to come in cold. And I have other friends that they all expected to have that success right off the bat. But, um, like, it takes a lot. It takes a long time. And, and, and knowing the process is, like, except and, and enjoying the process, too. It's, like, you know, a big part of it. But right. So, I, mean, I, guess, I don't know if that answers your question, but. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like, uh, I'd say, yeah, yes, and uh, it, you have to always accept. I, for me personally, I, I left a community that I, I loved. Like, I was in love with. I'm still, still in love with that community, and I miss them. Um, but it was just one of those things I felt like I had to do. You know? Yeah, I've I've all often thought it's it's like if you want to learn and write a great book on whales, you probably should go jump in a ship and like look at them and spend time with them and, and understand them. But you can, you can get on Google from your town uh-huh. that's landlocked in the middle of the country and figure it out. You can learn everything there is to know about something that's right. there. But it's kind right. of like some of these big cities where it's like songwriters paradise. It's a bit of, yes, it's going to be hard, but you're also putting yourself closest to the things and the people and the, at least the majority of people who are actually making this whole thing turn, that are making this thing actually work, and who there are very few. I know in Kansas City, I'm sure there are some songwriting groups. I'm sure there are places that yeah, yeah. like are and, that and mimic be a part and, of all those things too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But it is it is a true story that like anytime I'm like okay, I'm gonna buckle down and like. I'm going to just songwrite for like a month. It's like, well, I'm going to book a plane ticket to go to Los Angeles or go to Nashville because all my friends every single day, like me, are creating art there. And I can surround myself and just kind of get just drown myself in that moment and, and all those people who have that insatiable attitude uh, that just want to just want to find the song. Um, it's one of those, it's a weird thing because I would usually advise like, yeah, if, 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 if you're by yourself and have no other way, you should, you should get out there and figure it out, uh, because there is potential there. It's a, it's a, it is a weird thing for me because well, Sean well, and I have actually you guys have done an interesting thing too, because you, you both have, you're, you've established a thing, something that's happening, you know, and people, it draws attention because you'll bring excellence and people are like, I want that vibe, or I want that the, those minds. Right. Uh, uh, I want to work with well, that, and that's that's <laughs> that's you know what I mean. And so then people that just draws artists in and bands in, and you can have. And then if it and if the art that's being created is good enough, then the world people start turning their heads, you know, and they're like, what's happening over there? Yeah, what's it's, happening it, on the you know 
the Sean and Corey and Corey and Sean show, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's been a very, it was a, it's a frightening thing that we chose to do because we specifically said Kansas City's going to be home. We could have moved to Los Angeles. We could have moved to New York. We almost moved to Nashville. Like it. Sean and I were looking at places in Austin. Like we were looking at all these places and potential places that we could live and, and, and kind of exist in all these artistic communities. But for some reason, separation from the world mm. was what got us excited to yeah. go. We either we're 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 rather than going to Los Angeles and maybe dying on the sword of there's too many of you. We just we chose like isolation to be the complete blank slate that allowed us to go. We're gonna do something that's maybe stupid, but we're gonna go. Let's only create from what we know. Let's only let's create with no inspiration, with no one breathing into this, with no one saying you sh- this is how you should do. Let's just go one thousand percent from gut, in in the hopes that like we have spent. I'm Sean and I have spent almost a decade, 200, 300 days a year on the road, like meeting people all, I feel we've spent, right. we've been you've around been the globe. There. Yeah. We've, we've taken a lot you've taken in. it all in and people, you know, yeah, in, in a lot of ways, we we took a net with us and we captured the things that we wanted the most totally. and we brought, and we brought them back with us. And so for us, it, the easiest thing we could do because we decided to build a like a, like a twenty five hundred square foot studio, which is stupid compared in L A. Wow, that's like man. that's like that's the biggest that's studio like there. Like, here. yeah, we we decided to to to, to jump into like a hundred year old building and and from scratch build something ourselves and and and, and set up shop in a town that that isn't isn't like notoriously the songwriting capital of the world but it just doesn't matter and to, to us like right, we're right. we're close to what we know which is trees and lakes and right i and, know it's and beautiful family. it sounds amazing it reminds yeah. me of going back home and smelling and breathing in the air you know yeah for some reason that the the option to to do what you're doing has has always like I'm I've kicked myself so many times and said why why didn't I just move to LA and and get started you know because like you we definitely are like feeling like well we're just getting started but there's something in what we're doing right now that that has never felt wrong it's felt terribly frightening it's totally. it's it's totally. felt That's really confusing yeah and it's felt like we like here's two nobodies doing maybe nothing and spending all of their life earnings on it money and 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 so many people in our lives do question it they're like well are you done yet are you have you figured it out yet what are you doing that's that's always the outside are you done (laughs) doing that one thing you know that one thing that you that yeah. yeah, we're 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 trying to figure out like, can we do something that in fifty years we're very proud of, and mm. and in doing well, that's so, an awesome way to look at it. Well, yeah, I think the the thing is, is we don't actually know where we're headed. You know, like it's start, changed since we started. Yeah, starting right. a podcast was never the idea. So important, and a lot of people aren't open to that, and right? They, and it gets stuck. Like, no, this is what it's going to look. And every story I've, most of the stories of people I've talked to here, they're like. You know, I was talking to a guy recently who's done amazing things, and he's like, "You're gonna realize that, you're gonna realize that these left turns are gonna happen. Just be open to them. It's, yeah. it's not gonna look like the way you thought it looked like. Right? All, you know, that's that's most of the time. Yeah. You gotta chase that. Like 
don't like you can't be it's I totally understand what you're saying and I've seen so many people get so discouraged because it's not turning out like they planned but Always. if they would have ridden the wave that actually said hey I'm here to pick you up they would have found themselves in like what they were supposed to be and who they were supposed to that be that is key yeah and I think that's for us it's just like I don't uh, we were talking about identity earlier yeah. and i think that the if for at least for us the our identity is we create and that's it that's the only thing and so we're we get super stoked to write songs with artists and we get super stoked to uh like lay floor in a studio and we get really stoked about other business ideas that have nothing to do with music and really excited to go play our own music and like there's all these things that we get sean gets excited about building preamps and like like he gets excited about doing all these things that like they're it's not if if our identity was like we're songwriters or we're artists or we are one these one thing like we would be devastated i think but i I think right i i think there's something within particularly the songwriting community like if our identity could stop being in did i write a hit but did i make something that changed people maybe that's what i'm talking about maybe we could get somewhere special and and push these songs and these quote-unquote hits similar past what we know works and Mm -hmm. what we what we know the math is right because i just i just feel like we're particularly like in the past like maybe 10 years that like the internet has really been a useful tool to spread music around basically ever since MySpace, like really started championing, like it's possible to do something, even if you're a nobody ever since that started happening, everyone's been going, Oh crap. What, what do we do now? Like what everything's changed and everything's changing and it's just moving so much, but I'm just really hopeful. And I think it's happening a little bit that like, and we talked, we actually talked about this on the last podcast. We're just really hopeful that we are going to start finding new ground as songwriters and as creators and as distributors and as labels. I, I really think that there's like a new frontier and horizon out there and it doesn't look exactly like what we've known. Yeah, it but is it, what you make it, you know? Yeah. I just want to believe that like that there's more for Cameron than hopefully him writing a number one or maybe oh, 10 I'm, number ones. Uh, yeah, I'm you know praying the same thing yeah <laughs> yeah i it's, it's it's much beyond writing a hit song it's yeah you know, making some uh, important impact in the world you know yeah. that's that's what i think that was the fuel of everything yeah like when absolutely. you see see how someone else experiences something or how it changes someone's day or someone's day or or how making a bunch of money off a song written for like children yeah or or like in need of clean drinking water like how that could like do something special you know like that's the kind of stuff that makes me like really passionate about and i get really passionate about but it's also really it's it's a it's such a tough balance too because a lot of you know at the same time a lot of people don't care right you know they don't (laughs) they don't care and so like being in a place where someone does care um about the stuff you make and then you can it's e- then at that point it's sometimes easier to go hey but what about these kids in Africa you know or what about this one thing like oh like now you have influence you have a place you have a a platform to use you know yeah um not that anybody should be waiting for any of that stuff ever yeah you know to make a change or do anything for change or create art without boundaries but it's just, actually- it's amazing how that how that works you know like with popularity comes influence 
Yeah, and 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 that platform to to be able to do good. That was always back when I was doing the band thing, like you were doing the band thing. That was always my desire. Is I just wanted to have influence because I like you. I that was a big passion of mine. I spent a lot of time in Africa and doing humanitarian aid, and I wanted to be able to hijack that career for that. Um, maybe that'll happen someday. I know, right? Let's go back to Africa. <laughs> Let's go, Let's man. Cameron, you actually wrote a song that I'm pretty sure I never saw come out. That was, I don't exactly, I, I don't know if it was part of like that red thread. Uh, I, I'm, I'm blanking. Oh, wait, but wait, what, do you think, what are you thinking? What are you saying? Um, was it like you wrote a song about like trafficking or? Oh, yeah. So I, I used to work with an organization called Courage Worldwide. And like it was all about, you know, I guess in a sense, finding that identity, you know, it's, it's like a big part of the picture, uh, having the courage to be, to have that. And then also the main cause that they, it was focused on was fighting sex trafficking and rescuing girls out, especially underage girls out of the trafficking ring. And, and not just like the rescue part, but it was more about when they're rescued, do they have a place to go to like find right. their true sense of identity, you know? So we used to, I used to do, I used to write songs for um, that specific cause. Wow. And that would be like, you know, about, you know, some kind of way of changing the world or, or like, you know, through that, through that lens. And then we do concerts. We probably did like, I don't know, like 50, 60 concerts for that, that cause. And they ended up raising like over a million bucks and, and built a home. They had a home in, in a greater Sacramento area than I think in, there's one in in, uh, in Africa, and they were talking about other places, and so like, yeah, yeah, it's like that was so awesome because y- you know you could see like the results of of writing something for a cause, you know, that's like beyond yourself. You're not thinking about you're not even thinking about like uh, yourself at all in that process, or if your name's attached to a song or or anything, you're just like, hey, can that do anything that's special in the world, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was really powerful. I, I remember that time um, we were talking and you had sent me, I don't, I really don't know if you guys ever released it, but you had like some new songs. And Oh, we might have been sharing there was, something in the, yeah, in the studio. There was a doozy in there, like a heck of a song. And I don't know, I don't feel like you ever released it, but just, I don't. Man, I got to get better at a lot of this stuff too, because I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm really bad. I'm really bad. Just like, send that song to me. I'll release it. As me, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I need. I think I need that. I'm not. I, I, I realize about myself about putting my own stuff out there. Like I don't even share much, you know. Yeah. And That's like really cool. Knowing man. when to share it. Just I think like I'm a. I don't. I'm not all about him, but like uh, if you've ever paid attention to like Gary Vaynerchuk, and oh you, right, 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 totally. And he's yeah, like, just put it out. Just like, put it I out. Like, just, uh, I like how direct he is in some of his. Uh, <laughs> some of the men, some of the mentality is is really useful, you know. Super useful and actually really insane though, because he's yes. always talking to like these hip hop guys, and he's like, "You should be writing a song a day and putting it on SoundCloud." And they're like, "And and as artists, you're like, that is the most terrifying thing, and that's gonna kill my career." But then you're like, 
well, this guy might actually have something because he has no idea like what our world's like, but he's approaching it from a way that we never done before. I've never in my life seen a songwriter go, I'm going to put a song out every single day on SoundCloud. But in reality, can you imagine like what kind of content you'd actually have to use? And maybe some of them totally. would be bad, but who cares? Because no one's ever going to hear the ones that were bad. They're only going to hear the ones that were right. good. I have a and hard so- time with that mentality, even though like I think it's, there's so much value to it in creating and creating and creating and releasing and then right. people becoming aware of what you do, you know, and right. watching you become better and better and better. And then like, like I've always been about the, like the one song. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, and I'm, that's how, that's how I, you know what I mean? But no, but I have, I, I, and I battle this whole thing too. I battle like it, it's the, the more you create, the better of a, a creator you become. And we're in a content driven like time you know everyone wants right. that one thing they don't they don't want the five things they want the one thing right you know? and that's that's what i was gonna say is there's already so much noise yeah that you're almost creating noise within your own brand right. and within your own uh career because if you put out a song a day for six years then you have like however many thousands of songs on soundcloud how's somebody gonna find the one good one out of like the right. 200 garbage ones i yeah. don't think <laughs> yeah, they might forget about the old ones at that point it's that's, that's the hard part it's like and then also the person creating if they're if there's someone that's always open to like becoming better they're like oh that song wasn't as good like or that production i could revise it this whatever it was you know yeah and then they keep getting better and but i i have a heart the mentality is like i'm i'm trying to learn from it you know yeah i think that it's it's a it's a bit unrealistic unless you really really wanted to go for it i i do like i think i differ a little bit because i do i really don't think that the noise matters because I don't think anyone's listening to the noise. I think that sometimes they're catching the greatest parts of the noise. But I think if, if, if Sean, if Sean were to put out a song every single day, I think people would give it 15 seconds. Don't like it, skip it, don't care. And I think if you were, if you could, if you actually went to that extreme to go, I'm going to put out a song every day, you could delineate it down to, Hey, people who listen to my art, I'm putting a song out on SoundCloud every single day. I am not releasing these songs on Spotify, on my website, or all these other places, but every now and then, when one of these songs that came out during this A Song A Day period... Catches a bunch um, of traction. Yeah, once you use the data from that, like, and people actually go, this song's cool, then you actually go, hmm, okay. It's like having a real-life focus group. I I actually think (laughs) the mentality's great. As long as that focus group, they they understand the process, and like... You're just a focus group. Outside in, you go, like oh he wrote a song it isn't good oh he's not good you know or but, oh this song sounds like the same song that you put out 36 days ago but slightly right. different right well, sure. which a lot of that happens right so but yeah i, I think that's good people, people understand the if they combine to the process of it and understand that not every song is going to be amazing right um but like i'm creating like i'm letting you in on my world of creating yeah. um and then then i think they feel value you know? Well, and they get to kind of sort of join the process vicariously of creating without having to know how to. In reality, right. I, I know I say this probably every single podcast and I say it every single day and Sean's uh, probably really it. tired of hearing it. But I, you, you, if you want to get to control your narrative. And so I, I think you can do it. I, I mean, I, I know 100 percent like that. I have I have a way that I'm going to do this in the next year that allows me to create a a non-taxing focus group of the whole world awesome 
and gets to peek into it. And I'm really excited. I'm really, really terrified about it because like we're so like we don't give like, you, all, you the, two, all the more reason to jump into it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what you got you two have expressed like that you would hide your song lyrics from people. Yeah. So yeah, I was like afraid of that. absolutely. So to go, okay, I am lit- uh, part of my idea, I won't like talk about the whole thing because it doesn't matter, but part of my idea involves me having nothing when I come to the table and actually showing you from nothingness to something and only nothingness to something, never showing you nothing to, to finish, which is the even scarier because I'm only going to show you where, what I started the bad with. Part, sure. Here's and all the bad just, over and over and over again. That's the safe again. place you're creating. In. Yeah. Well, I want to, I just, I want to figure out how, I want to figure out and I'd be able to like look at myself and diagnose like why do things start the way they do? Because for mm-hmm. me, the very first time I ever touch a, a lyric or a melody, that's where everything that I ever wanted resides. And it, it, it homog- it's become homogenized wow. towards the end. Like I, my editing, maybe days later, I feel like helps my song. But in yeah. the songwriting process, let's catch the first 30 minutes because I get crappier as I go. I get, I, I get in my head too much and totally. I'm trying to produce myself. So I actually want to spend time capturing in real time and letting everybody watch. Like, here's what I'm going to do. Nothing. Here's the first 10 minutes of me writing. That's it. That's all you have. And I want to be able to like learn like kind of watching game film and go, what, why did, why did that note come to mind? And wow. why, why Isn't did it that work? Though, it's like almost better not to know why. Uh, then you think maybe. about how you did that and then you, then you're cr- almost creating from, oh, maybe not, but like maybe creating from that space instead of like that little bit of intuition or well, my, natural, least, you know, oh yeah. I think, I think I can't, I can't. One of the things I don't think I can do personally, this is just me, is I can't fake intuition and right. I can't fake my gut. And I never ever, because everything I do, every, I, everything I've ever done is complete stream of consciousness pretty much as right, far as a creative. Right. So I never know what's coming. And so not knowing what's coming, even if I can start to see patterns and why things happen, for me to know more about myself as a creative and to show you and for maybe to even show you so you can steal that idea or you can you can take what I'm doing and replicate it. Sure. To me, I, I want to overanalyze and, and over figure oh, myself wow. out because I think that I'll go, that's a fault, that's a fault, that's a fault, or that's something that's good, that's something good, or even mm. better, I, in, in, in the words of Ryan Tedder, I'm going to give all my secrets away and hope that it will <laughs> only it will only push me to have to get better because right. everything that I offer to the world that sets me apart, now you can do like exactly like me. And so I'm gonna keep, You're gonna have to keep innovating. I'm gonna and keep growing. innovating myself. I'm not I might I might never get mm. to the the play. I'm not I might never be as good as Ryan Tedder. I might never ever be as good as, as Cameron. But the hope would be is that no, I'm going to no, it's not true. But the hope would be is I can self diagnose to such an extreme that maybe I can purify out of some of my bad mistakes. Maybe I can let people in so I can actually learn what resonates about me with other people. And it will give me an opportunity, hopefully as a songwriter, to go somewhere I never ever was going to go. Just because I, if I just keep writing like I am now, I'm just going to sit in a room, mm-hmm. try to feel a moment, 
and try to write a lyric. And to me, I'm just not satisfied with no, the, to thinking, because that's how everyone else is doing it. Right, right. And I'm only doing that because they did that, and that's how I've learned and been inspired to, to songwrite. But to, to, for me, it's just like, I just, I want to go somewhere else because I, I really don't know that I can, I, I don't think I can talk about love maybe and write it as good as John Legend. I really don't. Right. Like, I think he understands love better than I do. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You know, so for me, it's just about finding like, what's, what is Corey? Like, what can I add to mm. the world? And, and I don't know that I can do it by just looking at other people and doing what they're doing. So right. it's just, anyway. That's awesome. I don't know I where bet, we and I got. I bet you your community too is like they they already know that they're going to they get a little bit of that rawness from you, yeah. you know. Yeah. Well, that's really all I have like the majority of what I put and out. That's what is, more people that's what people want more than yeah, anything, well, I think in general. At least they some want people that authenticity, you know, the, something that's real. Yeah. I think that's what at least I identify with the most. Mm-hmm. My favorite songwriters are the ones that are like just out there. They're just this is what I do, this is mm-hmm. how I do it and there's not much to it. Uh, that purity really speaks to me. Uh, you know, just a, a big believer that you only need what you need and nothing else, um, and try to live by that as a songwriter. Just right, that's cut all the such fat. an important thing, right there. Yeah, I think so. Um, so, all that to be said, <laughs> we are super duper excited. You just gave us two and a half hours of your time. Oh, is that how long it was? We've been going for two and a half. That's what the timer says. Wow, dude. You know, time flies when um, you're having fun. Time does fly. I hope uh, I've added any kind of value to this. Like, I realized that my ADD ness has come out, came out. <laughs> that's what, <how> do, <laughs> that's good, man. Um, no, it's good. But like, no, I, you know, my voice is like sound like I just woke up, which I, you know, kindly did, kind of did. Might be true. I can't even talk. <laughs> I can't even talk. I hope. I just hope that I add value to the whole thing, and I, I appreciate the time that we get to. Spend together. This is this is cool. Like I want to go. I want to go hang out with you guys. You know what I mean? That's what, that's what makes me like feel like I just want to like let's go do something. You know? Yeah, we're so. gonna go get pizza after this. Oh, I wish I'm so hungry. Say go where? <laughs> Say what? You said we're gonna go what after this? Oh, get we're gonna pizza. go get pizza. Yeah, let's get pizza after this. Bizarre, like I just want to hang and uh, and I, I love I love what you guys are doing over there. I think it's it's innovative and I think it's it's fresh. Um, you have the right mindset to be able to create something that's awesome in a place, you know, that could, it could get recognized too. Like, or not necessarily people wouldn't look to you to get recognized, but like it will, I think it also demand attention, you know, over time. And you guys are so, you both are so ambitious and I, I totally admire that. That means the world coming from you. Ambitious Man, and stupidity look a lot, yeah. a lot like each other. It's just cool seeing people who are going for it. I mean, like, you know, that's where the best stuff is being created. People are taking chances, you know, and not settling yeah. for just sitting on a couch and getting home and just from something they don't care about. <laughs> yeah, you know? I 100% agree. Yeah. I have two quick questions for you. Yeah. Number one, how can our listeners and everybody who's listening to this, how can they find you? Or um, can they? Or do you want yeah. them to? Yeah, I'm not gonna tell anybody. No, you know, by the way, I'm gonna tell you real quick. Like, here's my street I thought, address. I, to, I I always thought about um, maybe uh, if I was gonna go play live because I haven't played live in years now because of the whole voice thing. Right. I thought about just showing up at a an open mic and not telling anybody my name. Yeah. Like seriously, that was gonna that was my that was like the idea, which I think I'm still gonna do. I'm just gonna show up and not tell anybody, and just be like, "Nice to meet you guys. Here's a song. Have a good night." You know. Yeah, <laughs> um, but, but yeah, like, people can find me. Uh, 
My name's Cameron Stymist, S-T-Y-M-E-I-S-T. I mean, that's that's my Instagram handle. I don't have much going on there, but, like, you know, you can find me out there, I guess, out in there in the cyber world, and I have all those things. I just, I'm on Instagram a lot, but I don't really post very much. Right. Uh, and then Facebook and all that kind of stuff, you know. Right on. But um, that's where they can find me. They can find me. Um, well, the, thank you so much for, for being here. Um, I hope that uh, we have uh, got to develop a, a tiny bit of a friendship between yeah. Sean and Cameron today that we it's can connect good, later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Sean. It's thanks for dealing with my, my ADD-ness. Dude, you're uh, talking to someone who's ADD and dyslexic, so hey, we're man, in we the are, same We are going to start a club. Yeah, we no, totally could. But, uh, yeah, I appreciate you guys. Um Fun hanging. It's yeah, I, you know, I, after for a bit, I, I forget we're even recording anything. You know. Yeah. Well, maybe we're not. We might have stopped yeah. a long time ago and said this is not gonna be worth. No, it. I mean that's how you know I'd be like, oh man, like I'm gonna sound like some grumpy young kid just waking up at the beginning of that thing. Thanks for listening to the Shadowscape podcast. We'll see you later. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please please help spread the word about these amazing art makers and the continual conversation that's happening here at Shadowscape. Tell someone about it. In person, online, whatever. And of course, join the family by pressing the subscribe button. This podcast was created by Shadowscape Records at our studio in the American Ice Co. building in the heart of beautiful Kansas City, Missouri. For more information, please find us online at shadowscaperecords.com or connect with us at facebook.com slash Shadowscape Records, Instagram at Shadowscape Records, and Twitter at Shadowscape Jams. Thanks for listening.